and a mouse keep running, running, and 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 running, Everybody and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 232, and we're going to be talking a bunch of books. I believe there's going to be six books on the show tonight, three with me and Clay talking about some stuff, and three with me and Brandone up in Buffalo talking some stuff as well. And I'm happy to say that it actually is a very positive show here where we like almost all the books. So that's something to look forward to. But before we get into that, let me tell you where you can find us. We're on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. WS stands for Weird Science, if you couldn't figure that out. And if you follow us, we'll follow you back. And I say if you couldn't because I wouldn't have been able to figure that out. I'm a dummy. But we also end up having a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we talk and have reviews and we have previews and the news, all that stuff each and every day, each and every week, month, year, all of that. And we also have a Patreon account, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where we do other podcasts, more podcasts than you can shake a stick at, a uh, bunch of Marvel stuff. And one of the things that we do each and every week, I just ended up legitimately finishing doing our Marvel Spotlight less than five minutes ago with Brandon, where me and him talked about Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood number one, and U.S. Agent number one, the Christopher Priest number one that came out. And yeah, if you wanted to listen to those two books, you can go right now to patreon.com slash weird science and listen to them. And we had some fun talking about stuff. Usually the Patreon spotlight show is about 45 minutes to an hour with those two books each week. And by the way, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh Coop. Beep, boop. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. But yeah, I'm going to go right now into these books, and it's going to start off with me and Clay talking about some cool stuff. I I say I, I should know what we were talking about, but it slipped my mind, so I'll just say cool stuff, right? That's how you get out of things. You say cool stuff, but you're not supposed to explain to people that you forgot, right? Yeah, here we go. Me and Clay talking some books. Pull together this storyline. 
All right, and here I am with Clay. Welcome back, Clay. Hey, what's up? Not much. A couple books. Me and you are going to be talking three books. We're going to talk Avengers, Captain Marvel, and Amazing Spider-Man. And we're going to start with the Avengers. And I've been complaining for a while that the Avengers has been a book that there's too much going on, but not enough going on, not enough progression, because you have all these stories thrown in. And people were thinking that's going to be the case again because we're going to get the Phoenix Force. But when we get into this issue, it, it's more about Mephisto, which you even have a deal because I asked you if you had been reading Avengers and if you had been reading it and, you know, go. And then I said, Ed, don't worry about it. Really, just go in without reading it first. I said, don't worry about it because we're starting this new thing with the Phoenix Force. But you actually reading it, you actually have a different opinion of that of why you really didn't need to read a lot before yeah no i well for one it's super misleading on the cover you know with having to deal with the phoenix force and and dealing with mephisto this looks like a pure mephisto story which in in its defense it really is you know that's that's actually my problem with it because i'm (laughs) waiting for the phoenix force and then it's mephisto and yeah Yeah, so the phoenix force was really on the on the back burner and you got a lot of callbacks uh you know we see the of course blade is still one of the biggest things that i that i will agree with you always on this book is that you never get the avengers it's always groups of the avengers and they're always just talking there's not a whole lot of action uh here you know we uh the the big thing for me was that i stopped reading like issue to issue i think right after what was uh war of the realms okay yeah yeah and so where the squadron supreme was introduced and when the Squadron Supreme was introduced, we saw Coulson and we saw that Coulson had something to do with Mephisto. So there's there's your first connection. Then, uh, of course, because I, I have reviewed some issues on the website, I was reading some random stuff and, and, and getting those. And so I know about the vampires. OK, well, Brandon's that was favorite. also Brandon also- <laughs> still thinks that Dracula and Blade, they're going to connect and be king of the band. He's still going with that. But yeah. Well, well, that was the thing. Uh, Blade kind of reminded us about the vampires. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's connection number two. And so then we get more of the BC stuff, which was really huge in the beginning of this run. And I think the last connection was the the phoenix force with when i last read avengers there was a huge cliffhanger that namor had seen or was calling the phoenix force or something like that and so when i read this it completely made sense for somebody who has not read avengers for almost the whole calendar year yeah and that that's a problem I mean, that that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing to be able like, to skip a I, year and not really miss out on anything. I understand that writers should be writing for new readers, but mm-hmm. not like this. No. And my biggest problem, it has an identity crisis to kind of go with a DC deal there because you, you never know what you're going to get. And, and reading it month to month, you end up like hoping, at least I do, hoping to get just, I mean, just 
a, a story where all the Avengers are all together fighting and doing something. But again, you have them separated in groups. You have these little stories. But now you end up at a point where a lot of people are getting irritated with this, with the idea of not just not having the Avengers. I mean, the, the best way you get the Avengers is in the recap page on that black and white type art. That's the only time they're ever going to be fully as a group. But the idea where people are like, man, we're not tying up stories. It's going too long. And everything ends up being the next big thing, the next big thing. And, and usually what happens the focus thing goes on that big thing. We just get done the age of country, which you didn't read, but you really didn't have to because it ends up where everything that happened kind of got reset. And then you have, oh, man, now you got to fight Mephisto. It, it was more of a just let's get to Mephisto when they kill him on the 616. But now the different realities, different times all are going to come to do that. So it was more of a prop in my mind to do that. But even so, you end up with all these threads. And it seems like this issue is where Jason Aaron is trying to convince you that these all work together, that all the pieces of the puzzle are fitting together in a way that makes complete sense and that everybody's going to be all excited. But when you do that, first off, you're not really tying anything together. You don't get Squadron Supreme here. You don't get Dracula. You don't get a lot of these things. The the Red Guard. I mean, there's so many things thrown out there. Even there's Namor. so many loose ends. Yeah, there is. That and he kind of just left in the dust. And I think when he ended up, I bring it up all the time. Tom Brevoort got in a fight with Brandon on <laughs> uh, on Twitter over a year ago, saying that people are idiots if they think that this isn't going to be a classic. It's all going to tie together. It tried to throw in the that's what they said about Burns Fantastic Four. And then I got involved and I say, I don't, I don't know. I know Burns Fantastic Four. This is not Burns Fantastic Four. And so but even then, you have to wait this long to see if it's worth it, that that's not see, a thing for people to have to pay and take the time to do that. I And I will say this. I love my co-host of the Comic Book Legion podcast, Mark. I love he him too, loves, actually. He, he, he loves to talk Jason Aaron's Thor run. He loves, he loves the run. But I know, and I, I just recently bought some like pockets of that. I'm wanting to read the whole thing, but that's the problem. The whole thing is like nearly 10 years long. And for somebody who I I don't want to say everybody's always dedicated to say, hey, I want to go along this ride for 10 years. We want concrete stories, you know, whether it be for three months or for a year or for nine months or whatever. And this book has not done it yet. No, it hasn't. I'm going to get into the credits and then we'll get into the actual story here. It is the uh, written by Jason Aaron and art by Ed McGinnis. It is Avengers number 38. You have inks by Mark Morales, colors by Jason Keith, and letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And here's the recap. After the Egyptian moon god Khonshu had a terrifying vision of a future rule by Mephisto, his avatar Moon Knight set out to prevent it from occurring, at all costs, Moon Knight attacked his former comrades, the Avengers, stealing their powers and weaponry and using them to slay Mephisto and reshape the world with Kanchu as its ruler. But Moon Knight summoned the fiery cosmic force known as the Phoenix and allying once more with the Avengers used his new power to betray Kanchu and free the world. Phoenix force departed in search of a new host while Moon Knight remained convinced that the threat of Mephisto is never truly over. And we, we've been told it's not truly over. So now we have to focus on Mephisto. We're going to see that he is always around, that he's always a bad bud. He's always doing his things, especially when it comes to certain families, certain things. Almost in my mind, kind of playing off like 
the host of Mephisto, like a Phoenix Force type deal where you see a family that will end up making a deal. And also then becoming this thing that goes on the Winthrop's there where you even have centuries ago where somewhere in the Kansas territory looks like this guy is going across the United States. He's going to die in a snowstorm, comes to a crossroads, which you always do when you end up seeing the devil and makes the deal where it kind of ends up making his family a new family because it seems like he has to sacrifice his old one and possibly eat them as a cannibal. But it ends up where this is where Mephisto is going to gain hold. But we see that this is something that Mephisto has always done, always will do. But again, we're going to go through this then to have Black Panther then talk to Mark Spector Moon Knight and say, basically, hey, uh, you're pretty good. You, you took all our powers, but we got them back. But you should join the Avengers. You're pretty darn good. See, this, right? this is where I was really confused. Now, this does sum up the entire arc that he was in. So I didn't have to read that arc because the these like three pages filled me in on everything. But the total switch in attitude mm-hmm. Panther has, he's like, I hate you oh, because yeah, you did weird. this. But... That was actually pretty good, and I, I, I respect games, so why don't you go ahead and just join us? I, like, It just doesn't make any sense for the type of attitude Panther had no, in the beginning doesn't. of this and it shouldn't. to where it ends. He was a jerk. He ended up and, – <laughs> and the big thing the big thing I got out of it was, you know, they are – Kanchu and Moon Knight, they're, they're freaking out. Mephisto's going to come. They end up killing the Mephisto in jail in Las Vegas and then realize, oh, my God. That's just one of the billion that are now going to come and get us. We're freaked out. Let's go get the powers of the Avengers. And through the whole thing, you kind of think, come on, Mark Spector. You could just go and ask the Avengers to join you. But it was this whole gathering of the powers, these big wow moments where you end up even at a point where people were mad because you had Black Panther not being able to get hit by Mjolnir because Mjolnir knew him. And it was very odd. And I see a lot of people are angry a lot with what Jason Aaron, who did that long run of Thor, ended up doing with Mjolnir in here, where Moon Knight can control it and use it because it is made of Uru, that is a moon rock. I thought it was kind of a neat thing, and I'm not that invested in Moon Knight to really care, or, you know, the hammer and stuff. I like new things and whatnot, but with this, the funny thing, and I'm glad you mentioned this, I'm reading this in our review copies that we have because we're doing this before they're coming out. And you just you don't get spread pages in the PDF. And it, it depends on your you know reader. And I'm mm-hmm. just reading it, and I'm going page to page. So it really was real disjointed. So I'm like, all right, Black Panther, he's pissed off. And then you go to the next, which is actually part of another spread page. So I'm wait a minute, he's not. Oh wait, he's mad again. And then he's not. And I'm like, what is going on? But even with the whole <laughs> deal, he he flip flops really odd yeah. in a way that it's like. I have to show the, a new reader because I do think that once you end up introducing the Phoenix Force, even though I saw a lot of people pissed off and not really that in, interested in it or saying that's an X-Men thing, Jason Aaron, how dare you get away from there? You know, that sort of thing. How dare you? But it is something that I think people will jump on. So I understand that you have to get the idea that Moon Knight did this. The adventures were pissed, but now they're not so much because it's more conchu than, but it, it did come out disjointed. It really did. And then Moon Knight just basically says, after all that age of conchu, 
Eh, you, you want to deal with Mephisto? You deal with him. I'm out. And just leaves. And because he's not going <laughs> to end up joining, uh, which I have sort of differing opinions on. I actually would like him to join the Avengers, but it's just another character added in that will not be used altogether. It's like Blade, who's just well, always there to yell when, about shooting. When we jumped into this fresh start, haven't Ooh, heard that in a while. Start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when we jumped in this fresh start, we had heard that Doctor Strange was going to be a revolving character and was going to basically be uh, out doing his own thing, but somebody would replace him. I would expect somebody like a Moon Knight like a moon to night. show up. Yeah. 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 I would like that. Uh, and yeah, Doctor Strange, he's skedaddled. He's out. And I. Even with that, you you always seem to get these issues where you're focusing on little things. Like Cap does not do much, and he doesn't again here because he's just always there. It seems to be the you know opposite of Tony. Tony's pissed off. Captain America's there, calm down. Even though there's a lot going on now, Tony's cursing it up. And then the thing about it is, we don't curse on this podcast, but. You also don't write the curse words in the book. So having him keep saying it and then have other it, it just it threw me off a little like, why are we really dealing with the idea that you're all effed or it's all, you know, shit? I'll just say that. That's not as much of a curse word. But you end up having Tony's just freaking out. And Tony's freaking out in a way that it makes sense by the end when you see his father involved with Mephisto and Rezra, all these things going on. But I do like this idea like oh we're we're screwed this whole thing has started you know we have this war coming all these alt reality mephistos here that we have bits and pieces of an avengers mountain looks pretty cool right Uh, i don't know like do you think they allow people in it's like the tour and now we're gonna go see the alt versions of mephisto look at them all uh but it's okay and carol and tony are always seemingly together now in this book but really, all of this ends up being, and what it's going to be a theme for our little section here, it's just kind of recap, set some pieces up, see what's going on, and then move on. Because by the end of all this, you really don't get anything. You really don't get much of a progression except for... Uh, look at Mephisto. He was always doing this. It was leading to this. Uh, there's Starbrand, I mean, we baby. Get a small, we get a small little... Uh cameo of the batman who laughs it looks like yeah that's what it looks like <laughs> he comes in and, and really the idea that when he shows up this guy shows up and it's it's to continue the whole winthrop family you know deal that they made with mephisto and i'm getting the deal of this that maybe it's supposed to feel bigger to me it just almost seems like this is just what he's been doing right it doesn't really seem like oh my god that winthrop family look at them and you know they gotta cut off fingers and stuff and just and here's here's the the one reason why i don't like jason aaron's writing here is this one scene about this whole oh well the debt is still need to be paid and you will thrive throughout your life So, you know, he gets the fingers of every infant. And it even says here, uh, uh, where does it say? Even the firstborn children of each generation as well. He he eventually had to, like, basically take firstborns and all of this through each generation. And then at the end, he kills them. Like, it's. Like, that's like there's the debt, nothing that there's nothing there. No, and that's what I'm saying. And so it, it almost is like 
he Jason Aaron seems to think that we need to fill in the blanks of what has Mephisto's been doing, but we really don't. I, I really or even don't. what was so important about the Winthrop family, like it made the, it made the Winthrop family feel very important here in the very beginning, and by the end, they were just fodder. So and they, it, it didn't even seem like they had that fancy a life, even by the end, right? By, it, by the end, no, not you at know, all. I was waiting for them to show up at a mansion and stuff. This guy at the end, he looked like me showing up. He's got, hey, what's up? He has his family behind him. Like they didn't really thrive. I mean, they survived, but thrived. But yeah, and so while that's going on. You are just reminded of things. You end up going back to Avengers Mountain to see the Starbrand baby flying around. I like that. Starbrand baby's cute. And I like the deal, but what do you get I want here? to see more. Yeah, what do you from get the here? You get baby. Doctor Strange there. He's, he's finally returned. And he's there with Iron Fist, and they're sitting there even with, you know, Danny, uh, not there is Danny Rand, but Ro- Robbie Reyes, uh, Ghost mm-hmm. Rider. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's, there's the baby. Oh, he can fly. Yup. He can fly. He can do other things too, but we're not getting anything. And then you even go with this idea of, you know, supposed to lead into the BC Avengers. Oh, you know, we, we've always been reincarnated. Dr. Strange says, Iron Fist. Yeah, I read the book and I don't know. It didn't seem like there was an Iron Fist back. No, there was. We saw it. And then just the idea of the Phoenix Force. Then we go to see the Phoenix. It's like everything is just a, Hey, remember this? Or hey, everybody, here we go. And you see, the Phoenix Force, there where Blade and Thor are looking at it and saying, yeah, you know, I dealt with that before. Thor is like, yeah, you know, I know how to take care of it if I have to, if we're going to, all this stuff. But again, it's just the idea of telling people it's here and it's going to seek out a host. And really, what is there more to it yet when I actually thought, oh, we're going we're gonna to get more of the Phoenix Force after the whole deal. Then we go back to the beginning, and this is where I thought, oh, he's trying to tie in all this. He's going to try to show, because now we see that disease celestial from the very beginning, the first arc that came and was supposedly the one who created all of the medicine, you know, all that stuff. Well, now we see the connection with Mephisto and how he kind of whispered in everybody's ear. Then we get the BC event. We get, even with that, then you have a Thanos that looks like, what's this, baby Thanos? I mean, the, it looks like he's eight. You know, so just all these things going on and it's just like, boom, 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 because then we see the BC event and this doesn't make me excited for this. It doesn't make me that crazy. Then you go and see where they fought, you know, Apocalypse and then you see Hulk. And by the end, I'm just like, really? And then you even go in eons from now, which is, you know, a Jason Thor thing. And you end up seeing the daughters, granddaughters of Thor. You see all this going on, all fighting the big planet Doom. And I yeah, just you see the uh, the Phoenix Force Wolverine. You see Br- you see Brigid. You see uh, the Doom planet. And you know these were the small little highlights that I liked because these are the more characters that I want to learn more about. But he's not giving us that. He's just it's a giant clip show. Yeah. That's all it is. Then we go to the Winthrop deal where Howard Stark shows up. Hey, uh, are you the grandson of Ambrose Randolph Winthrop? Yes. Who the devil are you? I'm like, really? You're picking those deals? Like, <laughs> you know, you're doing puns here, buddy? What is it? Stand up night? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm Howard Stark. Howard Stark's dead. Oh, well, looks like it's time to pay up on your debt. And you end up just having, you know, the hound, the hell Mephisto eat them. 
And then Howard's saying, should we go and get another name, the next one on the ledger, which I think that's supposed to be the wow moment. Oh, my God, who's on the ledger? I don't care really with this because it's just, you know. Let's hail we, Mephisto. We shouldn't, we shouldn't care because now Mephisto doesn't even care. So, again, there's one thread that could be good, and he throws it away. Yeah. Now, you mentioned before we did this to me, looks incredible. I mean, I, I my score is can't be that bad because it really looks good. And the way that you have Ed McGuinness going through this, you are giving him a lot of characters. Yeah, they're not really doing much. A lot of it is just pose. You know, hey, there's BC Avengers there in a post. Hey, here's four billion years ago, the Celestial, boom. But it looks fantastic. It really does. The colors pop, all that. And I can go with it. If this was just a book that I've been getting a lot from, I wouldn't be as mad about this issue. You're setting up things. You're starting a story. I understand that. But it's the continuation of just not getting enough of each thing. It's It's kind of the... You know, not quite completely the tapestry of this whole run because, but, you know, if we had Squadron Supreme show up at one point in Dracula, then I'd say, but you're still just showing me how many loose ends you have and trying to not even tie them up here and then adding more. You know, like you said, the Winthrop's, I, I guess it's done, but that was still a thread going through that I was starting to get interested in. And then it just ends as nothing. And yeah, Moonlight going off. So. I don't know. Overall, it's it didn't anger me as much. It just kind of made me shake my head because we're just getting the same deal of not getting enough of each thing. So overall, still gonna I'm gonna go six five. Uh, but what did you think of it? Yeah, I was I was gonna go six five. You could probably talk me into a seven just because, I like get I said, close. I, I, I could get I could, six eight maybe. Yeah, I could get pretty close as well because the, the art is good, and like I said. Jason Aaron has some really cool ideas, but if he would just stick to them and tell that story and then go on, I think that would be good. But he wants to try to put everything into each story and then probably end it like with this whole big shebang. It's just too much information that honestly, when you look at things like Moon Knight, you look at Mephisto, you look at uh, the BC Avengers, you look at eons from now with the doom planet yeah you are saying that it's all connected with mephisto but mephisto is just somebody whispering in everybody's ear it's not what the actual context of each story is about so it's i I, like i said it it's it really is tough and i will say this um when Thor and Blade were talking. They are two. They are two completely opposite characters. But I could not help but have Mister T's voice in my head <laughs> as Peter the as fool. Blade. This is this is Thor. A pity the fool get a pity the force. There's my Mister T for everybody. But yeah, I I I, I actually that it's funny when you he say called that. him Viking Jesus. I I I couldn't I couldn't help but have Mister T's voice. It, it actually made me want to look up the one eight hundred collect commercials. Yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I just want to watch Rocky three. Uh, even with this, the, the idea you, you point out something that you do get. But it is at the expense of something that I do want, like Blade and Thor. That's something you don't see often. So you do get that, you know, but we're not getting all the Avengers together still. And that's why I said when when my score, 
it is going with the idea of waiting all this time to have things tie up and re you know show up and things like that that this just wasn't quite enough but it does give you hope that it is leading to something but again like i said at the very beginning i'm worried that a lot of people have bailed and this is like one of those where maybe jason aaron has committed himself to i'm gonna write a story that i know by the end will tie up and be a classic but i have to just you know sail the ship the way i want to when people are yelling and screaming and bailing from it uh because a lot of people you look at the reviews and especially the user reviews when each issue comes out people are getting very tired of not wrapping these loose ends up but if he has a plan and that that's the way it ends up and at the end we're like holy crap this is awesome I I am willing to be amazed at the end of this run because I'm I'm looking at the last page here and it says issue 39 is going to be going back to the BC Avengers talking about the Phoenix Force. Those I personally think that once they introduced the BC Avengers in the very beginning, and I think it was even before, I think it was in the Avengers legacy uh, run that they were doing right before the fresh start. But that should have been a series of one shots like throughout the month or something. So yeah, that way that we, we get even said all the way characters. back then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And again, some of these things are really cool. It's the problem is and, and I'll tell you just to end this at the end, if after 50 issues, 100 issues, it ends in a way that is completely like, oh, my God, this all made sense. I'm so on board. That will not change my opinion of what we're saying today or what we said weeks ago, months ago, because month to month, I don't think you're getting enough of these things. You're not getting things tied up. That doesn't change what I'm doing now if it does end up working out at the end. If it works out at the end, then great. Then you can say, listen, everybody, you get the trades, all this, whatever. But it still is a slog sometimes to get through each month. But we'll see. I mean, he he's a good writer. I, I say this, I, I act like I don't like him as a writer. I've read not all the Thor run, but what I've read, I liked. And also just, he's one of the, the people who I wanted to read the books from when I came over to do the Marvel stuff at Fresh Start. Fresh Start! And, and really, the people who I was really into wanting to read stuff from or characters they've been the biggest disappointments for me i end up finding different things and and side things that i've really enjoyed more than i have like the big books because you know adventure should be one of the bigger books i'm never that excited to read it but here's a side book the next book we're going to do is captain marvel and i i don't hear a lot of people talking about this captain marvel run i have enjoyed it for the most part i know double a run has enjoyed it as well. He reviews it on the site. Uh, this is Captain Marvel number 23. It's the New World Part 2. And when I asked you if you wanted to... This is this kind of side story deal coming out of the end one shot, stuff like that. So it's easy to jump into because it's kind of new. So you can get the idea of it. And I like this issue enough. It's just at one point it has a real odd turn but also, again, it's just really setting up things. It's not really giving you a ton. You're, you're going to settle down into this you know, future. You're going to meet some of the characters. And there's even one of my favorite things where you get a full-page spread of characters with their little boxes and who they are and their powers. I always get a kick out of that. Um, but overall, 
it's okay. It, 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 you can't really say this is like a must read, but going with the first issue of this, I'm kind of enjoying this story, but it is written by Kelly Thompson, art by Lee Garbett. Flashback artist Balin Ortega, color uh, by Antonio Fabella, and letters and production by VCs Clayton Cowles. Production, they say. Carol recently helped save the galaxy from yet another alien invasion, and she and Rhodey were planning a long over to vacation. They just had to do one last tiny mission first, and now everything's gone to hell. Some kind of black tendril creature device attacks Spider-Woman, Hazmat, and War Machine in the forest of upstate New York, and before Captain Marvel could do anything about it, she was teleported away to the apocalyptic world of the year 2052. Most of the world's heroes are dead, including Carol's future self. The remaining heroes are being picked off by someone named Ove. And the I'm still going Ove. I, I Ov sounds weird. And the presence of the angry demon suggests that Limbo and its ruler Magic may be involved, but not all is as it seems because Luke Cage is supposed to be dead, and he just showed up to the heroes' uh, base in New York City's cloisters with a message from Ove. And that's a pretty good way to start it because I, I didn't realize like, oh, Danny's there, and, and there's Luke, you know, and and pretty much to show that this Luke is controlled. Something's off. Smacks Danny right across the room. I'm like, all right, yeah, that ain't no Luke Cage. That's in his right mind at least. Uh, plus, he's supposed to be dead. So we'll see what is going on there. But the the whole idea of this and pushing magic as this whole deal because they ended up fighting demons in the first issue. They end up fighting these flying demons and things like that. And it's weird because it kind of gets away from that a little here. And you do have this invitation, and then pretty much the rest of the issue, until they leave and go on this mission, is, all right, who's going to come with us? People have to stay back. We're going to go do this. And the big thing is Danny, Danny Cage saying, you know, you're going to go save my father, but please tell me you're not just looking for your way out and ditch us. Carol's like, no, 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 I'm with you. Um, but, you know, what did you think? Because you're jumping into this. What did you think about this? You know, I I, I am the worst Marvel reader ever because just like in me Avengers. Are, me and you are against us. <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel, I actually, I just, I just didn't pick it up after the first arc. The first of her... arc was not great. I'm telling well, you. The first, the first arc was when she fell into like another dystopian future of New York, right? It was that bubble in New York City that ended up being yeah. that dystopian deal. And it really, that I didn't think was, that's to me the worst of all these. And it's weird because when we start at Fresh Start, we're going to keep saying this all, Fresh Start, the, the <laughs> idea that almost all the first arcs through me and Brandon and Eric was on the thing then threw us off a bit. And there were a lot of books that I ended up not going forward with because of those first arcs that seemingly were there to just get new people on board this that and just give you here's the character here's but yeah that first arc i did not like so much so i don't i don't say that you are to be blamed for that because i stopped reading them and if you would listen to the podcast we had a big gap where we weren't talking about this yeah. i ended up catching I, up i think and, with yeah. star right yeah, was yeah. when you jumped I back got on. I jumped back on and then read them all and liked it and liked the whole star deal. But even that was set up from that first arc. But yeah, the first arc seemed it was off to me. And the thing that's funny is you end up stopping then and then going here with another 
to still with, be with, the, kid, you with know another I mean? future. I, now, yeah. this one, this one had a little bit more of a backstory, which I really did enjoy. I enjoyed learning more about this new world that Carol has found herself in. The only thing that bothered me is that there's no clear answer to what killed off this world. And basically. that's the problem. And I, and I think that Kelly Thompson's just playing it generic here. She doesn't want to tie anything down to do anything. <laughs> and then, and like you said, it makes it not feel as big. The idea where they say, and there were two wars here and alien invasion. Oh, and who were the aliens? They, it's weird that she even points this out unless there's going to be a big reveal down. But hey, who were the aliens? Well, we're not even sure that they were aliens. It's like all, all of a sudden it was the enemy. It was inside us all along. We're going to have a reverse of that. And I'm like, okay, you're kind of playing that a little coy and a little too much to And be then something. they talked about, oh, well, they set off a bomb. Well, who did they set it off against? Well, we're not entirely sure. Yeah. And and the best is you go with Kelly Thompson kind of going with the idea of, you know, those governments. They always <laughs> do. And, and really, even even place it out before then. Like, who they were going to do the bomb. You know them. They got the itchy trigger fingers. And then they set it off anyway. And then you end up – what I did like about it, though, even with the generic deal, I did like seeing the explanation of the characters and, like, say, a hazmat. Who not everybody knows Hazmat or likes Hazmat, but Hazmat actually huge hero in this, not even in the story, but to get the world back because the radiation, she was able to absorb it, get pockets of things. And I really like that, though. It made me laugh because they were trying to figure out what was going on and the sun didn't seem to be working. And, and we thought it was the nuclear winter, but then we cleared out some things. That's not really how it really works. It, so it kind of. It was really fast and generic, but it was okay. I mean, I like seeing the characters. And one of the things with future stories like this are either you're going to get, you know, really cool, wacky things, or you get the legacy characters that will never get, like a Jerry Drew, you know, Jessica's mm-hmm. son grown up. And I always like that. And I like seeing how they would react and things, but... This is such a miserable world that most of the characters here are just they're pretty miserable. There's there's nobody here that's just like, oh, right. I love this. And, they, you know, they're all pretty pissed off, which they should be. You get Jeff the Landshark, though, and, and Kelly Thompson, somebody get a hold of her and say, I love Jeff the Landshark. I love Jeff the Landshark in the West Coast Avengers when he fr- then Deadpool, then the, every book she writes, she, they even have stuffed animals of it in her Black Widow. It, it's enough. It's starting to be a kite man, and I don't need that. It, it's like kite man times 20. It's okay. And poor Jeff, though. He doesn't have an eye here. I, it really upsets me. But And he's indestructible. But So with this, he'll probably bite somebody's butt. And that's all he really ever does. But yeah, you end up meeting Thor's daughter, Brigid, and she isn't going to join. You get the idea, and Molnir isn't coming or all that, but she ends up joining. Most of this is just gathering the team, meeting some of these characters, getting some well, motivation is just this world sucks, and let's change it while this whole time Emma is pretty much there with Carol as like the second in command, but she can't even use her you know, main power because she has to stay in her diamond form and things like that, which I think is all a setup for her to save the day and sacrifice herself by the end of this. I think that they're Kelly Thompson's really playing Emma as this, you know, kind of jerk that doesn't like uh, Carol is pissed off. I think that she will end up doing whatever it is that will send 
you know, Carol back after they do all this. But you end up, are you are you down with the post-apocalyptic zombie type stories? Is that your thing or? You know, I tried to get into Walking Dead. Uh, I think I've made it to like the third volume, but I just haven't picked it up again. These stories can interest me. You know, like you said, with the legacy characters, um, I'm actually attempting to find it now because I think you would love there's this cartoon animated Marvel movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's with all the children of the Avengers. See that? Uh, you know, I love that. Uh, it's uh, what is it? Captain America and Black Widow have a child. OK. Uh, uh, Storm Sexy. and Black uh, Storm and Black Panther have a child. OK. Uh, I think there's one where uh, Wasp and I think Ant-Man have okay, a child. That would make sense. And then Thor has a child with somebody, and I can't remember who. Okay. But this reminds me of that because you have a moment where Brigid is like, well, I'm not sure if I want to go. She's very down on herself. And she even gets to a point where she says, Hey, I don't even have Mjolnir. Do you still want me? And she's like, and Captain Marvel says, yes. And what I eventually think what will happen is you'll get one of those like, Oh snap moments where she's She's just going to wish really hard. And Mjolnir is going to show up. I agree. And small spoiler. That's what happens in this new Avengers. (laughs) That's what happens. That's yeah, cool. uh, th- there's a moment where the the kid is really needing her father, or because all the Avengers are somewhat dead, or what we believe is dead in the movie, and so she really wishes that she had Mjolnir, and then all of a sudden it comes down, and so that's one spoiler. I won't spoil anything else because it really is a good movie that I I'll think have to you check should watch. it out. Yeah, I'll check yeah. it out, and and I like that, and I like the idea, and I I actually wanted a little more because you end up having Brigid saying, "I'm no hero." kind of hinting at something that might have happened. You end up having Emma like, yeah, you know, we need her, but whatever. And I like that moment. And it does set up, like you said, it does set up. Like I said that Emma, I think, is going to be something there. This really does set up. There's no reason to really bring up I'm no hero, I don't, unless that will happen, which I would like that. I even like the idea where Carol does think ahead because and and I think that this is something that Kelly Thompson is smart to think of as well because we don't usually get the idea of, okay, we think we're heading into a trap, but the trap might be get us away from the rest of you, so Danny has to stay behind. I do think it's just so that, you know, you don't have the thing with Luke and whatever, and whatever happens to Luke Cage uh, will affect her. But yeah, and I, she may even show up. She may be following her stuff. But I do like seeing, again, the what happened to this world. What happened? You know, you end up having two worlds. At one point, looks like there is like a disease type deal, zombie break. But I did feel bad because Brigitte's there and they're going through this and then they just, yeah. And then Thor died, and we pretty much thought we lost. And I'm like, she's probably there with a tear going down her eye. I don't care. They're talking about this. But I do like seeing all this. And even one of my favorite X-Men that a lot of people don't seem like, I like Armor because Armor was one of the first X-Men that I ended up even knowing from when we started at Fresh Start, Fresh Start, with the uh, Matthew Rosenberger book, I think it was, or Matthew Rosenberg. And you get there she protected them for a year you know for you get these little year. deals yeah that's, that's crazy insane. yeah it is crazy it's almost like you know a green lantern with the construct for an entire year that is crazy and then you do get to see especially for people who didn't read that end issue this adds on and does that where this future 
Captain Marvel shows up. Carol shows up and like, oh, what, what was I doing? Eh, you were off like wormholing and stuff. And she comes up and reignites the sun, but sacrifices herself to do that. And you wonder, like, I get the idea that Captain Marvel will continue after the story. Like they, but it almost sets up the idea like she's going to have to sacrifice herself again, which, again, we know she won't die. I'm really got big final night vibes from. This yeah, also. yeah, 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 really. It, it really. <laughs> and so you're doing this and I'm enjoying it enough. I mean, it is there's times when you have set up that like, eh, but this is the second issue of the thing. This is important info and I, I'm really digging it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and I mean out of nowhere, Brigitte gets grabbed and and pulled out. And I didn't even understand the art in that panel enough to know until you turn the page. I wish I would have seen at least a tentacle. I mean, this is getting more tentacles going on than some of the manga that you read. And you end up, (laughs) and I know, don't say you don't. I've seen your history. And you go, and then it's attacking. And then this issue devolves into a... Let's attack this thing. And it would be a a cool concept if we got more of a look at the characters and their attacks, something that we didn't know or whatever. But it pretty much is, oh, no, it grabbed me. Carol, blast. Carol, blast. Carol, blast. All these things going. So it didn't really do anything but take up space. To me, it was a complete like 180 of what I was enjoying and then just, you know, taking up a couple pages because we got to get the page count. I mean, did you think anything different? Yeah, no, I I really didn't. You know, I was right there with you with it being completely out of nowhere, especially when you thought that they were in a cave and all of a sudden now they're out in the open. And at one point, I believe at the very end when she does, you know, shoot off her little ray gun, which I totally uh, when I read this last night, I was like, oh, got a little uh, freaking Dragon Ball Z cameo in there. Uh, She does. I wanted the sound uh, effects. Captain Marvel or Carol says something vaguely familiar there. There's something very familiar about that creature. Can't put my finger on it. So what does that even mean? I don't know. And maybe somebody would know. And it's funny. She says, I can't put my finger on it when she did the finger bang together. But (laughs) even then, the idea of this at this point, I, I thought in my mind that, okay, we have been pushing that you think magic is the one that's doing all this because of the demons. You add in the first issue where Carol even said, listen, maybe it's not magic fully. and Maybe she's being controlled, which we still may see. But it kind of gets away from that. And then with this, it, it seemed like, are you trying to give us a big moment that we're supposed to be fooled so that the cliffhanger is more of a shock? Because I didn't get, I, like, I, I'm with you. I'm like, what, what do you mean? That seemed familiar. But you end up, and the only thing that I can think that she would think maybe is the the tentacle deal that ended up grabbing them in the forest at the beginning of the first issue in the present. But it didn't look the same to me for some reason. But maybe I'm just thinking of it, you know, off. But if she does mean that, that was a couple days ago for her. She she has a worse memory than me. But you end up then when they do go and they're like, all right, well, I wonder if Ove sent that. Let's go. Also, I do want to point out that it seemed like they were only going across a bit of, you know, New York City and stuff like that, but they had to take a rest at one point. Emma's like, thank God. And that that seemed like we just have to stop so we get attacked. But they do end up getting to where they're going. 
and it's New Atlantis. And yeah. you end up having, you know, this whole deal that looks like paradise. It's a cool look. And welcome them to them. Like, that's not what we thought this was going to be. And then you turn, it's like, next, what fresh hell is this? Like, that don't look like New Atlantis all of a sudden. It looks like things are going real bad. But overall, with that, and also there is another character on the next cover that that is uh, pretty cool as well. But you end up with all this going on, and it was okay. Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't angry. I think that at one point it kind of got a little bit, you know, padded. But it's nothing that I hated, loved, whatever. Uh, I liked the art for the most part, though. The one part was a little confusing when you had Brigid get grabbed. But overall, I'm like a, a 7-5 with this. It, it's just, you know, what it is. I've been enjoying the story enough. It's nothing that I – if you're not reading Captain Marvel, it's nothing that I'm going to say, oh, my God, you have to read this. But it's like that middle type deal. What did you think? Yeah, I I enjoyed it as well. It, it was nothing that was too overbearing for somebody who's just jumping in. Like we said, it's it's a really good spot to to jump in if you're wanting to read this story. And you know, with these new characters, a little bit of explanation just by the fact of their names, you can kind of tell who mm-hmm. you know their parents are, and who, that's cool. You know, you know, you know that that one splash page you were talking about with you know the the names, their abilities, what they can do, what they can't do, things like that. Uh, and of course, even Lee, I can't pronounce his last name, Garbe. Garb. I always Garbit. say Garbit. I just said, I'm probably wrong. I just <laughs> said Garbit. So. But uh, he is also a great artist as well. You know, there was nothing too crazy here that kind of felt a little off with his work. Uh, you know, kind of the flashbacks maybe uh, had that weird Captain America. And that was that was a, that was a different artist. So that oh, really? is they, okay, that's yeah. to be explained then. So, yeah. And I, I thought that the, the flashback art was a little off, but it does. It's different, right? That's yeah. what you want. But but one one thing that I've said in both the Avengers and now this one, because it was really funny. I, I read Avengers and then Captain Marvel. You know, that was the way I read them as well. Mm-hmm. Same, uh, same way we reviewed it. And when I saw Brigid in the flashback in Avengers, mm-hmm. like, oh, I want more of her. And then she ended up being in here. I was like, okay, this is the character that I want to see more of. And it feels like we're going to get more of her because she is featured on the next cover. Yes, yes, she's right there. So I think that, like you said, she's going to be really a big focus now, which it's good. And it makes sense uh, because I like that. And I like I like the co- I like the characters in this. It's just, you know, it's what it is. It's not the bigger of the books coming out. And a lot of people, it's a shame. A lot of people aren't reading it. And I was hoping, and I think that maybe they're hoping, they're giving you the story as a way to jump in. Anybody can jump in right after Empire that did feature her. But yet a lot of people are down on Empire. And I I don't know how many people are going to go off to other books. But, you know, there you have it. Did you say a score? Uh, No, my score would be a 7.5. Awesome. See, we're right on. We're right down the deal. None of this negative brand of nonsense <laughs> going on here. You know, we're, we're right together and we're going to go to the next one. And this is my favorite of the books that we read. But again, we're going to end up with a little bit of a feeling like we're putting things into place, a little bit of not padding, but, you know, kind of treading water. But it is Amazing Spider-Man number 51.LR. 
And it is written by Nick Spencer and Matthew Rosenberg and art by Federico Vicentini, colors by Marcelo Menez and letters by VCs Ariana Mayer. Edwin Cleanser of Sins by the Sin Eater Norman Osborne revealed that the true threat behind the Sin Eater, the mysterious villain Kindred, is really his son, Harry Osborne. Kindred will stop at nothing, destroy Spider-Man. He possessed Peter's spider friends with all the sins collected by the Sin Eater and turned them into demonic puppets, using them to wreak havoc on Spider-Man and the rest of New York City. Feeling responsible for Harry's violence, Norman seeks to put an end to it, but there's no way Harry will listen to him. To reach his son, Norman needs to enlist the help of someone he will listen to, Harry's old friend, Mary Jean Watson. And these, if, if you don't know, these LR issues with Matthew Rosenberg jumping on, they are going to be more concentrated on the order of the web, also Norman, now Mary Jane, things like that, while Peter and Kindred battle it out in the regular numbered issues. And I actually like the first part of this Fallen Order. I still do like it, though. It shocked me at the beginning that we get Sin Eater back. I thought he was gone. I thought he was done, done, and done. And we even see where he wakes up. And the last thing that he's dreaming or seeing is him killing his partner that was revealed by Harry Kindred to him when the sins were ripped out of him earlier. And, you know, when people are awful and follow awful people, sometimes they stick with them, right? And this is he still has followers. He still has people that are down with him, even though all of them have lost their powers and things like that, because you know they like to wear the mask and cause mayhem, it seems. Uh, but did it shock you that we had Sin Eater back? Yes, I also thought he was completely crushed by uh, the Institute of uh, Ravencroft. You know, yeah, we, we saw too. him, of course, with the with the whole juggernaut powers and everything else. We well, I shouldn't say he was he was crushed because we did see him with. Uh, oh, my gosh, I almost forgot who uh, freaking. Uh, with oh, Kindred? my gosh. Yeah, Kindred. We saw him with Kindred right after he shot Osborne with the uh, with the sin bullets or whatever. And we we thought that he had killed him. So now you know, with that, when he grabbed all the sins out of Sin Eater, when Kendra grabbed those to then send them off to, for some reason, I thought that that would kill him again. I, I just thought that ripping all the sins out, including his own, all of the stuff, and then Norman was the last piece to send it off against the Order of the Web. I actually thought that this would just be something that killed him. And then he just kind of wakes up. I, I just thought he was done. And even if he wasn't dead, I thought he was out of the story. I, I really yeah. did, you know. And to start off, especially with this, uh, we end the last one, Mary Jane, Norman. Uh, there's a lot of other things that I thought we were going to start with. Sin Eater was not the one. It, it really wasn't. Uh, we even see that some of the Sin Eater's people are being loaded up and arrested, you know, like the pieces of crap they are. But, you know, they end up, hey, uh, you know, Stan Sin Eater, look what's happening. And you do get these news reports of just mayhem, the order of the web. Now, one thing that threw me off, and I don't know if anybody even thought of this or, or thinks I'm I'm crazy or not, but Miles Morales is not supposed to be out doing anything because of the whole outlawed stuff. Even if he's possessed and out, he has already been targeted by a bunch of people. And I think that it would have been funny as an outlaw type thing to have Dum Dum or anybody from Cradle show up and then like, we're taking you in, Spider-Man. And he just turns <laughs> and all right, and just leave. I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> well, I thought well, it'd be a funny only, thing. Not only that, the one thing that bothered me a little bit, it, it's not it didn't ruin the story at all. But the fact that the reporter was saying something about uh 
spider imposters. Yeah, like, imposters. Do, does, like they never do, solve them. They've never seen. Of course, they wouldn't spider know that Woman. it's Miles. But it's yeah, exactly. Spider Woman, Spider Man, as you know, Miles. It's funny. it just felt weird. Yeah, when did. she said that. It feels like they're playing off the idea that a lot of them are from you know the web and the multiverse, all these sort of things. But Spider Woman. That they should know she's out and about she's a nun and and with that miles has been out and about like i said he has been targeted by cradle and things like that so at this point you know even if it was one of those weird things that was like well there's that weird suited spider-man or something but it, it did seem like an odd thing and i'm Is right it because with he's you. from jersey maybe maybe everybody <laughs> wants to you know avoid that and, and so with, like i really thought i'm with you that it was weird She's just like, yeah, they might be. Why would you, you know, think that? You just have to just report some of the spider characters, these side characters going nuts, and they are. And this is, you know, Sin Eater looking at this, and the followers of Sin Eater think that this should, you know, pick up his spirits that they're all possessed. So I don't know that. I think that he would make the connection. Okay, that's what he did. That's what Kindred's up to. But his followers are just like, look at all this crap. The one guy even says, "I'm going downtown." That's where the crap's going down. I get the loot and riot and all that. And he ends up, you know, getting conked in the head. But we go off to Felicia and there she is. And it's something that kind of annoyed us a little in the last issue or read the regular issue of this side plan for, for the hand, you know, of Vishnu, all these things going on. Um, you use her though as a quick recap of all the stuff. And again, this is a book that has had a lot of things going on, a lot of loose ends leading to a long burn to get to Kindred. But now we're here. I'm glad. And then you, you throw in, and it's only like a little. I'm like, yep, there, there's the Craven story. Yep, there's that. I'm like, yeah, I'm well, glad that we're I, here. It was it was just very odd that these three books that were all that we're reviewing today they all had a little bit to do with how they started yeah yeah they really did i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it does work well with the story i will admit you know for people who need to be caught up you know you know by this point if people are just now jumping onto the story they need to be reminded oh hey if you had remembered you know to read the first few issues this is what it's about and we see that Strange ends up coming up on her apartment. Yeah. And was like, hey, I think you have something of mine. And she's it- supposedly putting it in, in the lockbox. <laughs> I think you have something. And I actually really like the interaction between Dr. Strange and Black Cat here. I, I thought that it was really good, even though yeah. the idea that Felicia in her own solo book has already, I said it last week, has already stolen things from him. The Sanctum Sanctum, he's got to change the locks. Everybody's breaking and he even had a bit with Strange Academy last week where they they end up in the basement of the set. Everybody's in and out of the sanctum. Uh, but I do like this whole deal. And it, it ends up changing it up in a way that I do like. I like the idea of Dr. Strange and Black Cat going off together to get the real him because she ends up, oh, here you go. And it's like, this is a, a, a fake. <laughs> like, I know the hand. This is a fake. And I do like just how cool that black uh, black cat is i love black cat and i think that she's one of the better characters that only shows up a lot of times as like eye candy but she is funny and cool and just exhausting it even says where dr strange (laughs) everybody think you're exhausting everybody uh because she 
she loves Peter. I mean, Peter's the whole deal, and she knows his identity, all that stuff. And what made me laugh, too, in this is you end up having her show up the last issue of the regular numbered issues, but then you, you almost have the idea that Nick Spencer's like, yeah, we'll, we'll recap some stuff, but we're doing it in this LR stuff, you know, the side stuff, because yeah. that's where you're getting the recap, not in the regular. And I would assume that the way this works out, whether or not you, you should be reading all of these anyway, it'd be weird to skip the LRs, though. If some people can't afford it, I guess they can't. But it's not like a it's a tie in, but not a time because they end up trying to get you in that whole deal with the run. But you do see the background. It makes sense. Then you end up with more background because, again, Mary Jane has showed up and she had her solo book. Not great. I, no, not at all. Oh my god! I, 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 I saw this recap and I was like, "Do we really need this recap?" Yeah. And, and I love the idea. It's almost as if this recap, really, I'm telling you, the idea of that movie with Mysteria, it was not good. I don't care if you liked it, you thought it was. A, please, then you know, have fun with it. It was, it was awful. It, it ended up not making sense within issues. All of this to a just a convoluted mess, and then eventually it was canceled. Now, but you end up where she's thinking back, almost as if like. Well, you know, I did that real wacky stuff there. And I could just imagine you have Nick Spencer and Matthew Rosenberg are like, do we really have to recap this? I mean, that was nonsense. But it did explain why she was away. But also like the idea, I'm glad to be finally back, even if it's later than I wanted. It almost seems like that's the shade. Like she got taken out of the book because they wanted to do the solo. It was awful. But now we can have her back. She's remembering the movie. That movie, I mean, really? And so the whole deal is she's in this, you know, cab. She's in this, you know, car that's taking her. And she ends up getting hit by a car because of the mayhem going on. And she does end up getting saved by Norman. Norman pulls her out of the car, which is kind of a weird way to kind of get them together, even though he was going to get her anyway. But, yeah, all this is all leading to also this, you know, order of the web. And how crazy they are. You made the call because we're getting, you know, near the end, but you made the call and it makes complete sense because with the order of the web involved with this fully and them being up, you know, possessed, all these things going on, you thought that we were going to get the inheritors. You, you made the call, yeah, you know, we, on more in, last, in the last issue when Spider-Man went into the, uh, what is that like dreamscape dreamscape his old dreamscape yeah he uh he saw the buildings and one of the billboards had uh the inheritors saying uh we will be back or something along those lines i can't remember the exact words and i asked you do you think it was foreshadowing and here in the very end we see uh sin eater tell his followers um there's you know a, a new uh, type of what would they call it he says uh he says now i do what i am called to do uh uh though we may reject though he may reject me i will never renounce him the sins i gather have taken a new form spiders and basically who knows how to kill spiders oh well it would be marloon and we do see marloon in the very last page and it says to be continued yeah and after i Spider was very surprised yeah i i actually was not because you were right uh, i'll give you that i was actually surprised and the reason why i was surprised but it makes sense now in this we talked about how sin eater wasn't you know we didn't expect him to be back also again i didn't know 
what was up with him now you end up having all the sins pulled out of him to make that big possession of the order of the web from kindred in my mind i actually thought number one he's done he's dead again if not i did not know that he's still the quote-unquote sin eater i still didn't know when he gets the sins pulled out I actually thought, okay, he's done. He can't do that anymore. That doesn't seem to be the case. So with Marloon at the end, and at the end of Spider-Geddon, he is the only inheritor left. At the, him being in the book and then saying, I'm going to, like, he's starting again. It's now his second season of sin eating. And the way he can do this is to go off and get these things. And again, it's not just the sins of Morlun, but the powers and all that so that he can then go after the spiders, which, again, he's rejected by Kindred. Kindred Harry doesn't want any parts of him. He's pushed him. And now the Sin Eater on the side is going to do things that I get the idea that maybe, you know, he's going to help Peter by the end and do something, even though he's not trying to. It's a weird wild card for him to be involved where he says, Kindred, he kind of got away from me. You know, hey, your followers, you're still with me. I'm down with that. And now we're going to go out and we're going to get somebody who we really need. But then seeing Marloon at the end was pretty cool. And then you ended up telling me, you're like, I was right. And usually when you make predictions and stuff like that, you don't expect the next week to be. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. And you know what I thought when you said that? I'm like, oh, my God, he was Harry's not kindred. I'm like, I'm going to check this out because he didn't <laughs> tell me what. And I, I didn't read. I'm just paging. I go, oh, Marloon. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did say that. And that is cool. And it does. Here's the thing. If you don't have Sin Eater come back, then to say, I'm going to go get the powers and sins of Marloon. What do you really have in this book? Because the LR issues, yeah, you end up having Norman and Mary Jane. They're going to go try to talk to Harry. But you need some big bads. You need some. And the order of the web going around just causing mayhem, I don't think is enough where it's just that generic type thing going on. This actually does then give this book some more oomph itself to have Sin Eater there with Marloon and things like that, though. As Sin Eater is done, I think that when he does get his power, he'll also get the long hair and the fangs. That, like, he seems to love to go with the motif of the like juggernaut. For some reason, he had that big head that really, you know, Marco doesn't have, but he, you know, Kane there. But it's yeah. so weird. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And it was a cool cliffhanger and gives you something where i thought the idea was mary jane being hurt and then you know norman save it like that would be the cliffhanger there but no we even up the ante there with sin eater and also having dr strange and felicia going like there's a lot going on that i do like uh it just ends up being you know kind of setting up the pieces in this one issue still like it. i like the art i like most of the pacing of it at first it did throw me off with Sin Eater at the beginning, but once I settled down, it makes sense at the end. So overall, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I could even go I, – I could go a little higher. I don't think I'd go as high as an 8.5 just because we're setting up stuff, but eh, I could be convinced. We'll see. But what do you think? See, I'm going to be 8.5. Uh, and I think you. It's, I knew I, it. 8.5 I, I am. <laughs> I think – I think – it's eight five only because I was right on the prediction. Yeah, uh, that might eight, be personal. <laughs> an eight sounds really, really nice. Uh, you know, like you said, the art was really, really good. I know that it's a pet peeve of mine, but you know, we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, even last week about how we thought the LR books would be more about the other spiders in general. They didn't 
they were only part of the chaos. They weren't really part of the story. And that's what I think they're going to be for now. But adding the power of Marloon, now we can get a little more of that because that's And, his and I know deal. that most people will probably try to say, oh, well, Nick Spencer is only throwing in Marloon because, you know, he's just one of those characters that needs to be in a bigger spider story, which I can kind of agree with that. You know, Marloon and the Inheritors were always those characters that, you know, when there was a huge spider story, they were always somewhere in the mix with it. Yeah, in the mix, yeah. And this was just completely out of nowhere if nobody caught that small little Easter egg in the last issue. Mm -hmm. So you did. You're patting I, yourself I, on the back. <laughs> I am. I am patting myself on the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but still, you did. It's, I, I agree. I like that, though. And I like the twist or the twist that it's there so that Sin Eater can get the powers of him. And he may not. I mean, maybe it'll be Marlon who's just like, hey, I'm going after myself and all this. I'm going after the Order of the Web. And from, from what we remember at the end of uh, Spider-Geddon and at the aftermath, which was, I believe, the Peter Parker Spider-Man story, he was very weak uh, with him being the only inheritor left. Uh, he beat Peter to a pulp, but he was very, very weak with that whole showdown in the zoo. So I think that the inheritor would be more than willing to actually team up with Sin Eater and see what happens there. And I don't know if this will be Sin Eater going against Harry and, you know, all of his plans, but we will have to wait and see. And that's what that's what I'm intrigued at. And that's what I said. It kind of seems like maybe he's the wild card that might end up, you know, at the end. He's going to have to decide, well, there's Peter, but there's Kindred who pretty much, you know, ditched me. And you might be more mad at the ditched deal with that or finding out even at the point where Sin Eater, oh, my God, this Kindred, this powerful Kindred brought me back from the dead. All these things. And then, wait a minute, it was Harry? And, and it's just this sniveling. Ha- like, who knows what we're going to get before that to lead to, you know, this final deal. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. And actually, when I first started, I thought, oh, man, Sin Eater. I th-. But then at the end, when you see Marlon, I'm like, all right, it's starting to make sense. And it's starting to up the ante a bit and giving, again, this, you know, LR deal more of its own identity. Though they'll they'll blend in together as you go and, and things like that. But I think that it really did end up like, all right, I want to see more of this instead of just like, well, that LR, you know, you're just going to kind of do some, you know, recap with Felicia. You have the mayhem. Like you said, the order of the wet, they're just going around causing mayhem and then leaving and then causing more mayhem. But this actually at the end made me like, all right, I'm good. I'm good with this. So I am enjoying Spider-Man still. I'm really enjoying this story coming off of me enjoying the Sin Eater stuff. So uh, I'm glad because Spider-Man was, again, like I said with Jason Aaron, the Avengers book earlier, uh, this is one of the characters that I wanted to read more of and enjoy as it came out with Spider-Man, why we have the Marvel deal. So I am finally there more than I have been in the past. That's all I need, but that's that. That's it for me and you for our little section. Thank you for joining me again. And again, give us a rundown. Of all those things that you do. Oh, gosh. Okay. It's, it's so, so long. You do, <laughs> I know. You, do too, you don't do too much. I won't say that. I say <laughs> you do the perfect amount. So, of course, I have my own show, the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Mm-hmm. Then I have uh, the Comic Book Legion Podcast, as well as the Batman News Podcast. 
And then I have the uh, Rangers or uh, Ranger Alliance podcast. Yep. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I do not know a lot about the Power Rangers, so I listen to that to get that. And, well, and even I, your, I just shared, that? I just shared uh, earlier uh, yesterday with the Slack. The original Super Sentai uh, manga is going to be released next year, so it might nice. be something you and Ooh. Luke talk about on yeah. uh, on manga mondays so that'd be awesome and i was just going to say that the fanboy podcast actually deals a lot with manga which there's not a lot of manga podcasts out there so and no. and it's especially for how popular it is and i'm getting into it as well so i listen to that as well and and you and mark two of the nicest guys ever <laughs> I, I listen to them. these guys are so nice that's what i i keep saying to myself because whenever we do any of our pods like just hate we, yelling we, and- well that's that's the thing that we we've decided it's just like do we hate this book okay let's not talk about it okay yeah, do we hate yeah. this book let's not talk about it and, and even, even when even when you don't like i'm like they are so nice i just keep saying like <laughs> mark i'm telling you mark i could get angry at mark and yell at him for three days. And at the end, he'll go, you know what? I appreciate your opinion. I'm like, I want you to be mad at me. Why don't you get mad? I, I, there's so many times that I, I just I'm tr- I try to get him angry. I can't do it. You and him, you guys are, are just nice. So that's And that is a plus. I'm not saying that as a diss. I mean, there are a lot of people who have podcasts that just scream and yell. And really, it's YouTube. YouTube, you go, and there's just... Everybody I, hating. I, I get every- a little bit more opinionated on Batman News yeah, Weekly. Yeah, so if yeah. you would want to listen to me, you know, rant a little bit on, yes. the, on that, Batman News Weekly is the one you want to go to. So we will do that as well. So yeah, I, I, I got, you got to get Mark more riled up. Like I need him to just like <laughs> totally go out of character, just start screaming about something, but it, it usually doesn't happen. He is, a, he is a nice guy and it's not an act. That guy is a nice guy. So. That is a plus. I wish I was nice, but I'm going to go off to a not nice guy. Brandon, you can't be nice when you live in <laughs> Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is is awful. So he's he's nice for people in Buffalo. Uh, and he, he sing- actually, he's a weird guy, too, because when he's drunk, when he messages me drunk, he's the nicest guy then. And when he's watching the bills and stuff, boy, he's nice, a drunkard. But we're going to go up to me and Brandon talking a couple books. And thank you, Clay, once again for joining me. And we'll see what's going on next week and see if you'll join me then. So we'll do sure that. Thing. And uh, thanks. And off to Brandon. Do you have the time to drive me and Brandon line? And with that, my book comics at gmail.com. We will read them all at the wrong turn, says Mel Cowell. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Yo, it's Bill Call. Hello, everybody. Here is the mail section, and we have another mail by Brian. Brian emailed us last time and put a smile on my face when I was having a bad day. So it's good to hear back from Brian. If you want to be the star of the show, just like Brian is right now, you can end up emailing us at Weird Science. 
marvelcomics at gmail.com. That's also in the show notes if you forget, like I almost just did. And Brian says, hey, Jim, thanks for reading my email on the show. I smiled a big smile as I listened to it as I did reading it. Because like I said, I was having a very bad day where a guy was pretty much telling me I was garbage. And it was nice to get a nice email to kind of, you know, reverse that. Yes, I am a Canucks fan. And who would have thunk it? Somebody from Vancouver being a Canucks fan. I figured that, even though I felt bad pretty much typecasting him uh, with that. But then again, you know, Brandon's from Buffalo and he's a drunk, right? It all makes sense. I do like Lyndon and Bure, but my favorites are goalies Richard Brodeur from the 82 Cup run, who was really good. Kirk McLean, who I really do like uh, from the 1994 Cup run, and Roberto Luongo, who I also like from the 2011 Cup run. And it's funny, too, because I think of Kirk McLean especially, but even Roberto Luongo, like, doesn't seem like that long ago, especially like the 94 Cup run, running into one Mark Messier. Unfortunately, but you end up he also likes Marcus Naslin and Todd Bertuzzi a lot. And I do like Marcus Naslin. Not a huge Bertuzzi fan. He's a bit of a thug, if you ask me, though. I'm a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. And one of my favorite players of all time is Ulf Samuelson, who everybody hates. So there you go. It's when when they're on your team, you don't mind. And and right now, if there are any Boston Bruins fans from back in the day listening, they are gonna kill me. For liking Ulf Samuelson But I enjoyed the guest spots you've been having On the show lately I appreciate your efforts to make a good podcast even better Thanks and you're welcome Kind of gets me a little upset being the You know the attention hound that I am Having these other people Taking the shining light off of me I It shouldn't be And actually I'm joking Because it's so much easier And a lot more fun to talk to other people About things And I, I hope that Clay does continue talking with me about stuff but i also want to tell everybody that we're also going to do another podcast occasionally on the feed with the star wars books i i always say when i end up doing the star wars book brandon hates star wars because you know he's the devil and i end up having all these things where i love star wars i love to talk about the books and the books are really good right now but i end up doing them myself and It kind of ends up like it gets a little the same old, same old if you just hear me talk about him and you don't have an interaction. Well, I have my man, Matt Razor, that you would probably have heard on this feed. He is the uh, fellow that joined me this past deal where I had the bonus with the first and best podcast where he ended up talking about the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. And Matt, I talked to him today. He has really been enjoying the Star Wars books. So I think that will, and I don't know if it's going to be every week because they come out like one a week sometimes and then there's not one. It might be that we'll wait a, a week or two every other week and grab the two or three books, whatever, that come out and do it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what people like. But we're going to end up doing that this weekend. So we'll have the first episode of that. So it's kind of like the Star Wars version of the X-Men podcast. Uh, and the X-Men podcast, even, I have some people that are going to be joining me for that as well. Ruben being one of them, but he can't seem to get his mic to work. Uh, I'm going to slap him silly if he doesn't get it done soon. But I do like to have a lot of people involved, and I do like to have more than just me. I, I get bored listening to myself sometimes. I mean, really. And so it is really fun to talk to other people. And plus, like with Clay, Clay joining in now. 
and doing the stuff that Brandon wasn't reading, it, it ends up kind of re-energizing. He does an awesome job, and it re-energizes me, but it's also fresh because he has his own opinions bringing him here, and he has his own you know, things going on. So it, it makes it exciting again. It's like it's starting over. It's almost like a fresh start. Fresh start. And he says, I had one question that longtime followers probably know, but I'm still fairly new, so I don't. What's the deal with the beep bop? Poop poop. You say when you talk about the fresh crew. What's the story behind that? Now, first off, it's the get fresh crew, right? Poop poop. And the the thing is, the get fresh crew, first off, was a, a thing that I always have said since way, way back where it, it's something from Dougie Fresh. You know, Dougie Fresh. Everybody knows Dougie Fresh, right? Rapper slash beatboxer. He ends up having his crew was the Get Fresh crew. And I just love the name of that. So as I grew up and went through all the anytime there was anybody that I did anything with. I mean, if you were in a club with me, if you played a sport, if you were on the hockey team with me and you, you know, we were the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Now, the beep boop happened because I just ended up throwing this out, and it's all from the DC podcast. I I threw it out there. And for some reason, just the idea of that melded in with what I had been watching at that point. I had been watching some old Dave Chappelle shows. And if you have seen Dave Chappelle, uh, you may uh, remember that he had the Wu-Tang Financial. It was a skit where the Wu-Tang would give you financial advice. It was commercial with this. Well, in the commercial, they end up saying, uh, you know, ODB couldn't be with us. Big shout out. Woo-hoo! And they end up doing that. And it made me laugh so much for some reason that that I ended up when I ended up just saying, hey, everybody, everybody listens. You're in the Get Fresh Group. And we started and it got ridiculous. At one point, I'm telling you, it ends up with like, you know, hey, Get Fresh Group. And it, beep bop is easier. <laughs> it ended up devolving or evolving to that but just the idea and and really everybody listening and including you and especially brian uh anybody who listens as part of the get fresh crew i know that when i bring it up it usually is centered on the idea of the badasses in the patreon that's just a side deal those are the badasses, but everybody listening is the get fresh crew beep boop so just everybody you're part of the crew that's all of that and really the only thing that the rule of being in the Get Fresh Crew is, well, there's a couple rules, and, and some of them are might be tough, right? Y- you have to be open-minded, y- you have to be nice, and you have to be honest. That's all you have to do. And, and if you sit there and like, Jim, I heard you yelling about books and other... No, no, no. Th- that's honesty. And what we try to do, and what we have pretty much based the weird science deal, DC, Marvel, and whatever we do is the idea that we try to be very honest with the reviews. That means that we're not going to be positive for positive sake or hateful for hateful sake. Each book gets its own thing. And and you may not like a book, but each issue that comes out, you try to give it that fair shake each time. That's it. It's just a, it's just a thing. And that's why at points, uh, even on this feed, I had the comics great show and things like that because I, it really annoys me. When people fight about things that are nonsense and, and end up getting people away from comics. And I hope that most people listening here will realize that, you know, I do like comics. In fact, I love comics. And in fact, that's pretty much all I do every single day is based around comics because I love them so much. Kind of because it was finally something that I found that it just clicked with me, but also 
it does go with my lack of attention span and all of a sudden I can get stories in 21 pages with pictures. That's the greatest, right? But I, I really like it. So just when you end up, and I think this week's a good example because when you end up where we don't like something, we don't like, but I hope that you realize that when we do like things, how excited we get to like them because we want to like everything. I'd like to love everything, but I can't bring myself to fake the funk and say that I like something that I don't, but I won't do the opposite either. But that's part of the Get Fresh Group. But when everybody listening, it doesn't even matter if this is the first time you've ever listened to the podcast and you never listen again. I don't care. You're part of the Get Fresh Crew. You can't get away. It's like a fungus among us. It is. And you're part of it. So everybody just remember when you hear the Get Fresh Group, beep, boop, you beep, boop, you're in. That's it. We're all together. We're in this whole deal. I'm going to go forward. I love it. And thank you. Brian, and I hope that that explains something. Uh, it may be even confusing or whatever, but a lot of the things carried over from the DC Comics podcast where we had been doing things for 200-some episodes before we got to the Marvel deal. Now, later on, I will explain wrong turn. Poop, poop. And if, if you have been listening to DC, you'll know whole wrong turn. He's a crazy I like guy. The killing. He is a crazy fellow who, now just tell he thinks that horror movies are real and at one point told me and Eric, who I do the DC pipe, he wants to be a, in a horror movie because then you're allowed to kill people and you don't get in trouble. He's insane. But that's that. That's it for the mail. Thank you, Brian, so much for emailing again and again. Anybody email about anything. You can email for advice on, you know, cooking advice. You, you can email and ask me, Jim, how do you make your patented ham and cheese omelet sandwich that everybody's raving about. And I'll tell you, it's, it's more of a technique than an actual recipe. But I would tell you, but that's that's for later. But everybody, we're going to go up now and get to what was promised. Brandon, who amazingly, he likes the books this week, even from up there in Buffalo. He might be sober. I actually think when we recorded this next segment, just let me know. It was early, and you can tell he's on it. He is sharp this week. He is really, he's like a sharpest attack. But we're going to go off to me and Brandon talking a bunch of books. Well, it's 8 o'clock off there in Buffalo. Brandon's been drinking all day, and I got to get him for the show. Oh. Get a hold of him, or oh, that ain't right. He must be passed out drunk, so that means no Brandon tonight. Brandon's lame. Have you heard? Brandon's lame. His family's ashamed. His little girl wants to change her Ah, yes, and we are here with Brandone up there, and it yes. is almost 8 o'clock. The song is, like, right yeah. on cue. 8 o'clock, the family's <laughs> embarrassed by you. Long you end time. up, yeah. you hurt, you hurt your knee. Me. Yeah, you hurt yeah. your knee playing around yeah, with Braxton. One me out. Yeah, yeah you, you, he, he broke your ankles. He did a little crossover. Yeah. Right? He, he did a little AI. It'd be funny if he did the step over on you afterwards, <laughs> taunting your butt, but... 
he did, were probably here. his move would be a headbutt. He would just headbutt me really? at this point. Well, yes, that's, that's his that's go-to move. That's pretty cool. That is a go-to move for a little boy. That, that really <laughs> is. It's usually the biggest thing they have. They just go with the yeah, headbutt. But headbutt. here we are. We have three books me and you are going to talk about. And I, I mentioned... How how miserable and and negative you were coming yes. into this, and Usually, yeah. also also how many people you'll offend. Now I look at the landscape of books, the three books that mean you're going to be doing. You've already told me you actually like them, so right there we can check off the negative. That's not true. Let's see if you can offend people. We shall see. There, right? there is watch. one moment. There is an opportunity later. We'll see if I, I remember the the thing rolling no, through my, my mind. Oh, my goodness when, uh, gracious. <laughs> right? As it, just admitting that shows that you've got some issues. Yeah, but yeah. we're going to be we're going to be talking about a book that me and you have liked first. It is Black Widow and it's Kelly Thompson's yes, Black not Widow. The one from last week. No, that that one stunk. That, that one stunk bad. Uh, <laughs> but here we are. We're going to be talking Kelly Thompson's Black Widow. And when it comes out now, certain people like a Jay from Canada, he's like, oh, your book's out because he doesn't really like it. And I still don't know why people aren't like a lot of these people who talk to me will give other writers, you know, 15 issues before they'll pish posh a book. But this one, unfortunately, that one issue, they're out. I mean, <laughs> these are, if you read some DC stuff, these are people who will allow Strange Adventures to do nothing for six issues and still claim it's a masterpiece. So that is Shade Throne. And if, if Jay from Canada is listening, he knows that I love him. But still, the <laughs> idea of this book, he wrote off right away. But it is a problem, and it is one of those things with so many books out, especially Marvel has tons. Like this week, yeah. last week, not many. This week, a ton. And it, these things kind of do have you to hit. It's what I said. Sauce that way. Yeah, and I yeah. said it's like we talk about Strange, uh, Strange Academy, where we want it to be big. We like it, but it's starting to kind of get away from what we want. But really what comes to mind is like a Shang-Chi that you said earlier. That it is a side book you got to hit people with. But if you have read the first issue of, of Black Widow and kind of gave up on it, I like it. And, and I like this issue as a continuation of it as we see a little more of what's happening behind the scenes, what they're doing. You know, pretty much a lot of the things that me and you thought were going on are. And then you end yeah. up having Jason Bourne nonsense, which we love. But I'll get into this. It's Black Widow number three, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Alana Casagrande, who I think is incredible in this. Colors by Jordi Belair and BC's Corey Pettit on letters. She reminds me a little of uh, what's his name always with Jeff Lemire. Sorrentino, is it? Andrea Oh, yeah. Sorrentino? You think it's Andrea I actually think I, it I is think a little the fight like. fight scenes with okay. the boxes she does. Well, that that, that kind of reminds me of his. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. He does do that a lot. I think I like Andrea Sorrentino and I loved Andrea Sorrentino with Jeff Lemire on a green arrow. Sometimes he gets a little too fancy. It also yeah, reminds yeah, if I you remember that. this is a also, little cleaner in that regard. Yeah. Also reminds me of the art back in the day for Steve Orlando's Midnight. I remember that where it would get close to like a chicken bone as it yeah. ended up hitting things and stuff. Yeah. That book had other problems, though. But three months ago, someone shot the world's greatest spy out a window. Now Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. the Black Widow, has resurfaced as an architect named Natalie in San Francisco with a fiance and a beautiful baby boy. Now, 
they, they kind of got away from the architect stuff, or at least showing yeah. it. She mentions she that mentions she has work to do. Yeah, it's like We're George not Costanza. Much of that. She doesn't know a lot about it. She just wants to use yeah. that as the lie, you know? Exactly. She's in exporting and importing. Hawkeye and the Winter <laughs> Soldier came to San Fran to investigate, but so far all they know is that Natasha doesn't remember a thing about being a spy, and she's blissfully happy. None of them know that a cadre of villains including Nat's ex-husband, the Red Guardian, are behind her new life. But a chance street fight jogs something loose, uh, Tiger. And Natasha just caught herself building a bomb in her garage. Now, you end up where it's something that drives me nuts. We end up actually kind of spoiling something in that recap. We didn't I really know. So. I didn't yeah, think we, we didn't knew know anybody the Red Guardian, really. Last. Yeah. yeah, we okay. haven't really That's seen that. Too. We saw some shadows and things like that, so it does spoil it, and that always drives me nuts. Though it's not necessarily all they as had to bad do was as... just say arcade, like a sentence about yeah. arcade there, because that's all or, we knew so far. Or it seems like people from her past are, you know, because you kind of can guess that. But this still isn't as bad as what happened at Spider Woman the last time, where they no, pretty yeah, much spelled out everything. But <laughs> the clone and, stuff, and, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and with this, I actually think it does look a little like the Chris Samney stuff, the Mark Wade run of Black Widow, which I love. So you, you kind of get that. But Alana Casagrande's art's really good, and it really makes you fall in love with the little baby. You got the little baby there, but you, you see here, and we've said it. You said it right away. Something's up. This baby's too old. For it to be real, and it's mentioned in here. You end up having Winter Soldier and Hawkeye mention that because you you start off with, you know, oh, the perfect life. You see Nat, she's all happy with this, the baby and her husband, James, stuff like that. We know it doesn't make sense. But then you end up having my favorite is... You know, Bucky and Clint hanging out in the woods in the bushes <laughs> across the street. Now, I actually, uh, the the thing that I am only upset about in this book and this issue is I want more of that stuff. Because even at the beginning, when Clint's talking, he's like running his mouth. And Bucky's just like, you know, are you going to let me say anything, you, you motor uh, mouth? No, and no, it, it made me laugh. Run mouth, run, yeah, motor mouth. He's, he's got run on sentences here. Not oh, even yeah. waiting for an answer. Just trying. And I love it. And, I, and then he stops. Uh, aren't you going to say anything? It's like, can I get in the word edgewise? I mean, really? And it made me laugh. And I want more of that because they're just trying to figure out what do we do? Do we go and get her out of this? And maybe she'll kill us. Maybe she wants to be like this. Maybe this. And they go through. And then you end up having Yelena Belova from the Red Room. And, you know, they even say both an enemy and ally to Natasha. She shows up and I'm like, Oh, man, this is going to be great. They're going to have, like, next Tony Stark will show up. Then you'll have, like, everybody will show up in these woods. We're going to have a packed house. Get a mini fridge in in these. It'd be the best. They build a a shack. They got it all. But Yelena actually reveals. Occupy outside Black Widow's house. Oh, yeah. It'd be awesome. Uh, But she says. She's been in the book. She's actually the babysitter. And if you remember, when the babysitter came in, that was something where Arcade and the shadowy figures at that point, they were a little distressed by that because that was not part of the plan. They didn't know who she was. And then they even said, she looks kind of familiar. They couldn't quite get it. It, it, it is Yelena. And she tells them this, but she says she's trying to figure out as well what is going on? Because they even think, well, maybe it's a cover that she ended up giving herself that she like some roundabout oh, yeah. weird mind control that she wanted to do to herself so that she can have this. 
but they're trying to figure it out. And they're trying to figure out the big thing here, though, is when Yelena's talking to them. And almost, to me, almost acts like, you guys, you know, stop your nonsense here. Yeah, the big this thing, is a though, female is, problem. Get out of here, boys. Yeah, this is what it seems like a lot. The big deal is that baby, that, that's that's Natasha's. That's her baby. That's her and James' baby. She says, I checked it. I got that. And it's a cool little deal because you need some information. Yolanda gets it so you, you can trust that it is real, I guess. But yeah. You need her to be able to get it so she's, you know, disguised as this babysitter to figure it out. And so she would be able to grab some DNA stuff and she verifies it, you know, that that baby is theirs. That's when you end up having them say, like, it doesn't make sense. She's only been gone a couple months. That baby's like a year and some old. So what's what gives? And that's what they have to figure out. But again, yeah, it that's goes the back mystery to, left. It is. And that's the whole deal. Again, we're still dealing with the. Is this the perfect life that she would not want to leave, even if she's duped in? But if, you know, they all agree this has to be something bad. This can't be. Nobody would do this to Natasha. They wouldn't do it unless there is a end game that's bad. So they're trying to figure that out as well. Uh, you're going to have Yelena kind of in a weird, like, kind of like. You end up having Natasha. They're going to have a wedding. She's going to marry James. She goes to get her wedding dress. And then just Yelena as the babysitter just shows up. You know, hey, I was yeah, just walking by. And it's funny, too, because she's, she's just crying, recently. You know? Yeah, yeah. And she's just yeah. recently become the babysitter because she doesn't even think that, that she can recognize her. She's like, uh, yeah, I'm your babysitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, the babysitter. Okay, yeah. Oh, why are you crying? I like the way that this dialogue is. And I think this is probably... The best written book by Kelly Thompson right now. The dialogue, I think, is really good. The idea that, you know, you, you end up having Black Widow and Natasha's there saying, I have the perfect life, a husband, a great, you know, son, all this stuff. I got a job. I got a motorcycle. It's great. And then she says to her, then why are you crying? Somebody who has that perfect life wouldn't cry. She's like, you know what? You're right. Now. I get this idea there's somebody inside me screaming to get out. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And you're like, yep, I get it. You know, we know that she and then you just go. And now the jig is up and gone here because you go to Arcade's control room where he has gathered all the people who are involved. I'm not going to tell you this is a who's who of the greatest villains in the MCU, but it makes that actually makes me laugh. But they do have connections. I like it better that way, too. I do. Yeah. You know, if you had, well, we thought that Craven might have been involved because of that whole, you know, what <laughs> looked like in the deal. The well, coat? that just, yeah. yeah, it ends up being Weeping Lion 2.0. Maybe <laughs> it has a question mark. <laughs> no. But he ends up, he's there because two cousins I would were hope killed it's by not Black 2.0 because he takes this very personally by the end of the story, what happened to 1.0, if so. <laughs> yeah, and he wants to get revenge for two cousins that were dead. You also have Arcade, obviously, who's running this whole deal. But you have Snapdragon. You end up having the Red Guardian. All these things going on. And Viper, Madam Hydra, which is, you know, a big enough deal. But they're all there. And basically, they are there. And they don't even – they get called here to this location. They're pissed. They're like, you know, this is shut down. We end up doing this by Zoom. Why are we here I'm like, yeah, we can call you here to do this. Well, the main plan is just to get Black Widow off the game, off the game board. She now has a different identity. She's been brainwashed. So 
they're just going to watch you and kind of screw yeah, around with their They can do their, their villain stuff now without interference is basically the plan. And that makes plan. sense. It makes sense, too, because then you, you end up having Weeping Lion that's like, listen, this is bull crap. I didn't sign on to just watch her have a perfect life. I signed on to yeah. kill her, and that's what we're going to do. She's got a pool and a motorcycle. I want a pool and a motorcycle, damn it. That's basically his argument here. He's like, <laughs> all I have is a, a jacket and a mask. I don't like this. I mean, wherever he's from must be cold, so there he goes. And he's yeah. like, I want that. And it, it's killing him, he says, to watch her have a perfect life. Why should she get a perfect life when she ended up ruining mine and, you know, my cousins? And that's where, you know, pretty much Lady Viper, uh, Viper is there like, shut your mouth. Are you shut your idiot? mouth. Yeah. Are you, are you insane? <laughs> you can't kill her. You go to kill her. You will mess this all up and, and she'll come. We're all dead. That will be our yeah, death sentence. And, and yeah. pretty much by the end, she even says, I'm going to kill you first. Like, I'm going to get because, well, this is all Black all Widow's going not going to be able to get revenge on you because there's four people in line before her right now. Because the thing is, and it's, it's a funny reveal, and I like the progression of this. And I'm telling you right now, this is a quick read. This reads real quick, but yeah, I like does. it because you end up where he's like, eh, too late. I mean, it's already set in motion. He's like, I already got my guys there. They're already going to kill her. And, and Viper's like, what? And you see her pull up to her house. Now, this is where he has really done wrong because yeah. it doesn't matter if this is a made-up oh, life. He did a life. sloppy job, too. And, and he did a sloppy job. But also in, in Natasha's mind right now, James and, and the little baby, they're right. hers. They yeah. are the thing. And he ends up threatening them. So it's like a weird deal that the set up life that they're trying to screw her with is going to end up screwing Weeping Lions, guys, because she ends up walking in and realizes it's born identity again. She even realizes yeah, yeah, coming, yeah, it's becoming more obvious to her where she's not just doing things. She's recognizing, OK, I'm, I know what to do here. I speak Russian but even at one she's point, got her, stuff like this that. This anger in her hand, like a weapon oh, at yeah. all points. Oh yeah, too. yeah, and ends up just whipping it and killing, it and then grabbing knives. But when she walks in, she sees a bloody handprint, things on the wall. She thinks that James and the baby are dead. She thinks they've already killed. So now she's pissed. She ends up seeing these guys. She knows somebody's in there. She grabs. I, I love the deal too because we do get, like you said, those little. You know, little yeah, squares, boxes, little panels. box, I call it. <laughs> it is because you end up getting, you know, biting. The, the hanger. Yeah. No, that's the hanger in the dude's yeah, mouth. Yeah, and then she yeah. pulls oh, it it's out. It's awful. Oh. Then, you, then you get a uh, a knife. Then you get, you get a boiling teapot. Yeah. Boom. I don't know if it's boiling. But still, she ends up slicing and dicing, hitting a guy with. She takes them all out and ends up hearing and knowing that she knows Russian. Ends up even grabbing the thing. And I don't know. I was going to translate what she ends up saying because she grabs the yeah. walkie-talkie to say I, it. I'm, I'm, I filled it in on my own. It's Liam Nielsen, right? I'm going to find him and I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's either that or exactly just I'm coming to kill you and then goes. Yeah. But she realizes then 
that, you know, James and the baby, they're not dead. She ends up hearing, you know, kill them now. She has to go. And so she ends up going and grabbing the bomb that she made, the smoke detector bomb that she made and put away for a rainy day. Ends up getting that. Goes, throws, you know, this knife thing through the window, window as the bomb blows up, kills one guy, jumps in, grabs. And the thing is, it's one of those where there's poor James. He doesn't seem to be in on the deal now. No, right? no, we no. were wondering if I he don't is. think so. No, I don't either. I think I think he's a clone. I, I don't know because he seems to not do much. He even has like that one the next day, this day that we're going through. N- N- Natasha has to go to work to be the architect, but he's just hanging. He's like a house husband like that. So she ends up coming in. And he's like, yeah, you might be doing some things that are odd. And she's like, yeah, I think there's some things about me that uh, we don't know about. He's like, I'm getting that idea, too. But then she ends up having this deal zap on her neck. And as she passes out, the, the big thing of this is it does subdue her. I think it looks the like baby does it. Oh, really? You think that the deal, the I, baby is going towards it. means, because he's saying words throughout the whole issue, and then that thing goes off in her neck. I, I don't, I'm that not sure. That might be sure, the trigger, you think? Yeah, yeah. That that's would be what I crazy. Think it is. Like, it's almost like a robot, like we said. But we'll see. Yeah, ba- it's almost like Red Room, Red Room. Yeah, because then it, he but, says Mama. I don't know. Like, it seems like he knows words otherwise. He said car earlier, and I don't know. I'm, I'm putting said that duck. together with, like, what a one year old says, and. I mean, we'll see, but the thing that goes with this is going to be another one of those as you subdue her, knock her out as if that's something good. It does seem like this is shorting the whole deal, and she is remembering, you know, everything Uh, that happened, her her memories. Yeah, Yeah, and she's remembering everything as we go, but she's passed out. You end up having James, you know, wake up, honey, wake up. Yeah, mama. He looks so cute there. He's yeah. crying there, and it's, it's like that, that was my one clue as I was going through it the second time. I'm like, he's only said full words like duck, car, yeah, 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 mama, and and then I see this like babyish word, and that goes off in her neck. I, it, I'm probably reading too much into it, but I don't know. That would be a cool twist. It me. would be that. That's the deal. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately for you know, weeping lion. The crap's hit the fan. Uh, yeah, he's screwed. I, yeah, a viper is, she's loading the gun now. And she's like, you are <laughs> done. And says, though, you better hope this process kills her or she won't have to kill you. I'll do it myself. So if it is the baby, the baby is a trigger that they can, you know, pretty much remotely control because it looks like they did do it. But it yeah. could be something where. Plus, Arcade is, is also, he's that, that tech dude in the group, so he can, you know, configure something. But again, it, ha- it had DNA that was hers, but it could be some crazy Android type thing, which would be a shame. But it would then allow you to get out of this story without feeling bad for the baby, right? If the yeah. baby's an yeah. Android type deal because life model decoy. I st- yeah, that's what I because I'm already thinking like, oh my God, is she gonna take the baby because he's so cute, this little baby. But we'll see. We'll see. I actually am surprised that James didn't die. I'm really I know. I'm yeah, really with the shocked. Blood on the wall, he just had a bloody nose. I'm like, where'd all that blood come yeah, from? I, I'm really I think that it pretty much they slammed his head into the wall and then yeah. pulled him Good but bet. I thought that he was going to die so that we can kind of get him out of the way when this all goes. But with this, though, what is Bucky and what are they doing? What are Clinton? Because they're they're watching. This is at a point where it's getting a little too far to just say 
I can't, you know, I can't disturb this. Now, this seems like something they would have fully gotten involved with. Like in the middle of it, they would have come running over to stop some of this stuff or would have seen, you know, James and the baby get taken before. So I think maybe something happened to them as well, but we'll see. Because if not, that's kind of a little bit of a weird, you know, plot hole because they have been watching the house and doing it. But maybe they went home. Maybe after Yolanda's told them, they're like, yeah, let's go home. Let's let's skedaddle went to go. I'd love it though if they come back with burritos. They just went out to eat and they come up. Oh, what happened? There's explosions. Also, they might have been caught in it. But overall, I did like it. I think the art was really, really good. And I, I actually think I liked it even more while we were talking about it. Uh just wondering what the baby, you know, what's up with the baby and James and this sort of thing. And I we said at the beginning, I like that it's not exactly the biggest villains, but villains that have you know, personal gripe or something with Black Widow. They just want her to not be, you know, out and about. That's all they wanted to do. And it's a smart way to do it because we even said at the beginning where she disappears, she disappears a lot. It just ends up that she walked through that camera for the news. If she didn't do that, nobody would have been here checking it out. I guess, man, I I would think that maybe Yolanda saw that as well, but... We'll see. But I think my score is going to go up a little. I told you earlier what it was going to be, but I think I'm just going to, I'm going to go to an 8.3 uh, for this. Uh, what would you go? I'm going to give it an 8.5. I mean, I like the, the oh, fact dang. that, uh, you know, this is, a, this is a book that has me looking forward to the next issue that comes out each time I finish it. So, and it's not something that takes me, you know, 30 minutes of hard study to read. It's a quick read, a enjoyable art. And so you're I lazy like, is what you're telling yes, me. Yes, exactly. Uh, I feel like even though, even though it is a quick read, like a lot happens in each issue that you can, you know, it hasn't been brain busting. Like it's a Jason Bourne type story. We, we figured that out pretty quick, but it's, it's been told enjoyable enough that, uh, the stakes at hand with the family and stuff are, are, you know, gripping you enough to, to keep coming back. And, that's, and I that's love where the I'm art. At. And I think the dialogue's really good. And I think, I don't remember what I gave last issue. I think we were like a seven, five maybe. And, but I did like this a little more. So hopefully my scores match up with that. I, I think that last issue, it's like, okay, I want to know some more information. Well, we got it here, so I did enjoy it. But we're going to move on to the next issue, which is another book that we have been enjoying, uh, even though it was caught up in this outlawed nonsense. But Man, It seems to have freed itself from that yes. already. Yes, yeah, and, and you know what the best part is? It is Miles Morales' Spider-Man. The best part of that is it freed it from it, but allowed Cap to stay because of it, which I don't mind. So you yeah. almost get the best of both worlds here. It is Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 20, written by Salina Med, Marcelo Ferreira on pencils, Wayne Foucher and Marcelo Ferreira on inks, colors by David Coriel, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man, has faced some seriously scary supervillains lately, including a monstrous green goblin and his minions, the assessor, who... Uh, tortured Miles to test the limits of his powers and kitted out crime. Lord Ultimatum, just when things seemed to be quieting down, Miles was attacked by his own clone. After being knocked unconscious, Miles awakes to find himself and his uncle, the Prowler, at the mercy of the Assessor and Ultimatum. A lot of stuff there. When Ultimatum pulled back his mask, <laughs> he revealed himself to be another Miles Morales. The true Miles Morales of this world. That's the this crazy thing. This story does feel like it, it has been going on for the entire year, doesn't it? It does. And it has the, the you know, ultimatum it stuff has been. been. 
with the the lockdown and everything. At least it didn't <laughs> last as long as like Kindred or Null, right? Yes, yeah, at correct. least he got that. And he planned yeah, to send Miles and his family back to where he came from. But before he can implement his plan, Prowler caused an explosion big enough for him and his nephew to escape, only to be stopped by an army of goblinoids. And that's the big deal. The big deal of this is the reveal that Ultimatum is the real Miles from this world, the 616. And that's cool. That actually, like, I never thought of that. I never thought of the idea, well, where's the Miles? Because you just assumed there wasn't one. Or, you know, so this being the Miles Morales of this world pissed off that Miles, you know, from the Ultimate Universe came and ended up taking, you know, stealing his thunder and stuff like that. I like in him wanting to send him back to the Ultimate Universe where I'm sure there's some people that want him to accomplish that. I like Miles, yeah. but I think yeah, even, so I. here's the thing. Some people even like Miles want him back and they, they want the Ultimate Universe back. And, you know, let's go back to there. But Miles. Well, I think what they need to do is is the first person that needs to be sent back is the Green Goblin. Because this Green Goblin stinks and he needs to figure out who he is all over oh, again. Oh, my goodness. You don't <laughs> like him. But, uh, you no, like, other you, than that, I do like the rest of the You issue. don't like the drug addicted Goblinoids because basically. No, because the, the thing with the the ultimate Green Goblin was he was a menacing force to deal with in the ultimate Spider-Man, ultimate universe. Like, he's the one that killed Peter Parker, you know? So when he showed up, you're like, oh, boy, it, it, somebody's either going down or, or it's going to get ugly. And here in this book, he doesn't feel any sort of that, that type of menace, you know, like uh, about him. him. No, he doesn't because he keeps getting beat up. And you even have, you know, army of goblinoids, even in this issue, he gets beat up. I mean, yeah. he does end up and getting taken running out. around naked. Their parts are out. Yeah. Jesus. It's great. Uh, but yeah, you end up having, you know, Prowler, Spider-Man, they're fighting through these goblinoids. There's tons of them. They're having their issues. They have to get out of there. Uh, and it's going to get worse. They even say once the light goes off, it's going to, you know, trigger all the others that ended up taking the drug and they're going to turn into goblinoids as well. Um, but they do end up where, again, Aaron, it's a Uncle Aaron. like the, um, the lizard plot from Amazing Spider-Man everybody hated. <laughs> and, and Uncle Aaron is able to, like, get them out of there. They get out again. They run away. And I do like, you know, you're having some cool little dialogue. And I like the way that Miles, he's not a real good planner. And it gets thrown no. at him twice because yep. here with Aaron, his uncle shaming yeah, him. Aaron says, you know, what's the plan? He's like, well, we got to stop this. And he's like, no, no, no. Those are goals. What's the plan? <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I like thought that, that was that really was funny. Line. I thought that was it good. Was. And then later, basically, Cap, hey, Spider-Man, you here? What's the plan? Uh, kick butt. All right, those are his two plans. Yeah. <laughs> but while they're yeah, sitting he, there, he scream. His answer scream teenager right here. Oh, uh, I want a car. Well, how are you gonna get that car, that's buddy? Just how you gonna do it? <laughs> and so you end up where they're like, well, at least we got to do something before this big light that they're tug. Uh oh, the light goes off, so they're screwed. They they're ending up where things are piling up. Though really, it does not come to be that much of a problem yeah. by the end but it's because you do end up having you know jeff and real his mom and dad with the little baby where they end up where jeffy's like i'm gonna go off i'm gonna do my uh, shield stuff i used to do i'm gonna go and kick butt because of the idea 
They have Miles. They, this whoever it is kidnapped our son. I'm going to get him. And I love Miles' mom just picks up that gun and it's like, if anybody yeah. gets near me and the baby, I'm going to laser gun. I'm going to laser their face off. <laughs> and so it's like laser face. So you end up, all right, go find our son. And they go off. And I do like how the pieces fit in this issue. You do have Cap. It, it might seem forced. You end yeah, up having, a little bit. you know what I mean? You have Judge, Barbara, and Genki getting driven home by Cap after all the, the outlawed nonsense they were dealing with. He promised that he would drive them home personally. And they end up where the, you know, Green Goblin and all the Goblinoids are attacking all over. And Cap has to get out. He's got to fight. And that's where you end up even having Jeff, who he recognizes, shows up bad butt too when he does and i do love the idea here where you have him show up and they're like mr davis like oh hey kids pew, pew. he's shooting people like mr <laughs> davis was a secret agent because he ends up telling cap and cap recognizes him he's like oh man you're jeff davis from shield he's like i didn't think you you know recognize me and i like all the kids oh my god miles's dad's a secret agent and they're all loving it i love that Genki's just like mm, yeah yeah And they're kind of giggling But I like this where Cap tries to get out And I think that Cap just wants to go home He doesn't want to deal with this This is like, I don't know if he thinks that I'll take these kids home again Yeah, I I don't don't know if he's like Yeah, this green naked thing, it's below my pay grade I mean, I don't know (laughs) if you know who I am I'm Captain America, I've done some pretty big things, right? And so you end up where the kids judge Barbara And Genki are like, no, no, no Like we know this car that it can be programmed. We can we can go home ourselves. No, no, kids, I gotta do it. I no, we can do it. He's like, oh man, I better. It's like he has to save face. He's like, I have yeah. if if Jeff Cap's wasn't... still stuck in uh, nineteen whatever uh, back in the day. He doesn't know Teslas are no, around right no, now. No, he doesn't know these driving. He's like, hey, it's one of them self driving cars. One of them American self driving cars. But <laughs> he ends up where if Jeff wasn't there, I think he'd be like, screw this, I'm going home. But he ends up, all right, he's going to go. And the big thing is, you know, Jeff says, they they have this these goblinoids and, and green goblinoids have my son. Not saying it's Miles or Spider-Man, you know, because he doesn't yeah. want to give up the deal. I think we but- all conveniently forget about this later when Spider-Man is found. If, if Cap was on his P's and Q's here, he'd be able to deduce the, the identity of Miles I pretty quick. I love it, too. It's after all this, he's like, hey uh, – yeah, let's go get your son now. And then Jeff and Miles are like, yeah, about that. Uh, I, I, he just called me. He's at home, right? He ran away. <laughs> Even when like, Cap's a smart guy. And Cap, you know, listen, when it's like, hey, duh, I mean, like, is that how you know what the deal is? But they, they do go Happens off. Happens with Prowler like twice in this issue, too, where he, he throws an unk out there. and Yeah, they're just throwing it around. Well, we do then go back to Prowler and Miles. Uh, Aaron and Miles, and they're fighting through these things, and they actually get saved. And I, and I like this, though I'm afraid that what we're going to get eventually is again the outlawed stuff, because as they are having some problems, Bombshell and Starling show up, and I like Bombshell. Starling, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I liked her at first, but now Isn't she like the vulture. She's the vulture's granddaughter. Granddaughter. And okay. this is the thing, though. We had a, a one shot little story in the Amazing Spider-Man deal where she ends up pretty much being told, check into your grandpa's deal. He's not so good to separate her, I think. So that she could be in the champions book and this and all that. So she's kind of separating herself. But I, I just I don't know. She she shows up and I, I wish that she was not as like 
she seems to always want to be like hard butt and and like not jokey but throwing shade i just don't get it i don't like it as much as when she first showed up and was trying to find the deal but i do like bombshell i I like i think they're trying to stick with the initial characteristics of was she or is she a a villain or is she not so they give her that little edge so she she kind of straddles the line i don't mind her as much here as i because even they're like yeah don't kill him she's like oh i'm using yeah really I didn't like her in the champions where she basically was like, you champions are suckers. I'm out of here. And you jerks. <laughs> okay. You know, Miss Marvel's a jerk. And I, I just, I didn't like her being that rough deal because I would have thought that she would be kind of going a little, uh, the other way to be away from like, Oh, the vulture connection. Like I better be nice or whatever, but I guess it's her character. Um, but they're fighting and then you get green goblin who shows up yeah. and he's like, Hey, you know, it looks like we're going to fight again. And you end up again, though. The funny thing is, is that Miles and Aaron keep getting in these situations that somebody has to bail them out of. They're always like at this point, they're not having that bad a time, but they are having a little trouble. Miles gets his face smashed into the concrete. I guess he's having a little more trouble than I'm saying. And then here comes Cap Shield. And now there you go. You have Miles's dad and Cap come in. To pretty much go and you get the hero pose you know it's almost like hey everybody let's get it. it's like after an interception now this is yeah. what annoys me in the nfl yeah, they, they I, run towards the end zone and do the group pose yeah one guy made the interception 10 guys want to be in i the don't picture. mind doing that for touchdowns now it's an interception you get oh, it's like fumble. The worst. yeah it's like oh i bet a pass everyone run to the end zone let's celebrate and and the funny thing is it always seems like that was kind of from the you know soccer you know around the world the football celebrations they're very similar in the end zones and stuff after a touchdown but you're not seeing that happen when somebody makes, you know, a, a nice pass or a tackle in, in in football, soccer. So I'm like, really? You made an interception. That's that's your damn job. It's not that. <laughs> no. I, I love that. And the, the other, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I ended up seeing uh, one of the Eagles, I forget what it was, ends up tackling a guy. The guy ends up pushing forward for a first down. Guy gets up celebrating like he did something with this tackle. I'm like, no, you didn't, you idiot. I, I hate that. I, yeah, I, my, I know. It drives me. The open, the, the guy gained eight yards. They make oh, an open field tackle yeah. and get up and high five because yeah, they made five. the open field tackle. Eight like, yards. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah no, you, you can't do yards, that. It's nonsense. So I think that the instant karma deal of somebody celebrating like a uh, jerk and then hurting their knee that's <laughs> the best then they start they're yeah. out for the year for celebrating a while it, it, it karma's bills about due here coming yeah, up really. shortly we need another like <laughs> gus Ferrat where he had butts yeah. the, the freaking uh, thing the, the tampa wall. bay kicker uh what's his name martin uh, grammatica say, it was yes, grammatica. grammatica dancing yep. around hurt himself yeah, that's yeah, thirty yard that's field ridiculous. Goal. Dancing around, <laughs> I like I like Martin Gramatica though. But you end up here with you know all this happening, and now we get the hero pose to pretty much beat the living snot out of Green Goblin, and yeah. Miles does. In fact, he might kill him if his dad didn't pull him off. His dad yeah. has to pull him off. I thought he go. was going to yell a Miles here. That that was what I yell Spider Man surprisingly to me. But the way everyone was throwing names around this issue, I thought a Miles was going to fly out right there. And then you get ba boom, bada bing, bada boom, where the original Miles from this deal shows up as Giant Man and yep. says goodbye, Spider Man. It's your last night on Earth. Looks cool. 
That's a yeah, pretty cool deal there. And oh, his face is all scarred up. He's an ugly dude. Yeah, and if you look, there's even guys on the uh, the arch in the background as well. So we'll see what it all is going on and how that's going to go. And I, I really, I thought that the art was really good in this. Mm-hmm, the, it, the, the issue itself, it, it's very quick again, and it's a lot of the fighting. It, it is a little it bad. It is a ton of fighting, fighting of this, the same green guys you see over and over. Here's the thing. I like the characters in the book. I like Miles. I like Aaron. I like Jeff. You know, Jeff Miles' dad, and I like Cap being here. So I'm not that disappointed with it, though. After getting some big reveals and things like that, we end up just having a fight issue. Uh, it's not, you know, the greatest of things to have, but I, I understand these sort of things happen, but I'm going to give it a 7.5, uh, because of all of that. And because it's just a fight issue, still enjoy it. It's one of my favorite books. So I still enjoy it a lot. Uh, what would you give it? Yeah, I'm going to also give this one a 7.5. I, I kind of agree with pretty much everything you said there. Like the pacing was kind of a little bit, uh, fillerish at points with just some of the stuff occurring, but I'm, I'm glad we're kind of, wrapping up this ultimatum stuff and bringing a conclusion to it and it's you know paying off in a worthwhile way it feels like i would like um you know the the ultimate green goblin treated with a little more uh you know respect to his name i guess you could say but um because i mean he used to when i would see him in the ultimate books when i would read those I'd be like, oh boy don't don't hurt my boy spider-man you know I but like uh killing. Yeah, he he's not as threatening as he used to be back back in the day. I, I know I'm not misremembering it like uh, that terribly. So. I've heard some people say it as well, so I don't think that you're an idiot. I, other times I do, right? <laughs> not not yeah, now. Right? Moments. <laughs> here, yeah. we, here we us. go. I, I think that one of the keys here is y- you seem more in your game. We're doing this earlier. I think a lot of times we end up doing go too late. And you're exhausted by the time we go. I yeah, think I hit the exhaustion. Yeah, I've been starting work lately too at six a.m. Like we're in peak season at work, so, so we'll it's have Christmas to see. We'll have to see busy. if we can get these things going earlier. You you are having some well thought out points that is going to surprise yep. some people. There we go. It's going to shock them, but you're going to shock and the I, world. And I, I don't even remember the offensive thing I was going to say because it was during the miles. Book, okay, so well there you, you are. <laughs> hey, it probably was like the section of uh, New Jersey and New York. Or at one point they are going around. Oh, what, what section are we? We're not in Brooklyn anymore. There's the thing, but. We are now going to go to the last book of the section, which is Thor number nine. And you end up, it's part one of six of a Prey storyline. This has been set up where we're going to end up getting Donald Blake back in the book. I thought that that was a cool deal as it was setting up. And I think I mentioned on the podcast at one point, I'm like, yeah, Donald Blake's coming back. It's going to be cool. But I don't know. It's saying he's like a villain or something bad's going to happen. I didn't know how that was going to work out. Well, Donnie Cates actually does a pretty cool thing here. And I know that we're sometimes down on Donnie Cates with the idea of trying to change everything. You know, you end up with him on Venom. It's worked out for the most part, yeah, but he always wants so. to change the mythos. He's always doing it. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes you kind of roll your eyes. This bringing Donald Blake back and dealing with what happens and that we haven't seen him in a while, I think is clever. I think it was really cool. And it's definitely my favorite book of the week that we have read from from Marvel. So uh, we don't really give a book of the week. But if I did, I think I'd give it to this um, because it is, like I said, Thor number nine. It is written by Donny Cates, Nick Klein on art, Matt Wilson, colors, VCs, Josephino letters and design. Did you know that Thor is the <laughs> god of thunder and the all-father of Asgard? Well, 
In his recent battles, the most significant of which saw Thor kill Galactus, devour the worlds, and incorporate his ancient armor in the architecture of Asgard, the Allfather has noticed a strange heaviness in his hammer, Molnir. And I'm still not that down with with Molnir getting wacky since yeah, we always I know. get that. that. That's uh, been a much too repetitive story. It is the Thor books lately. At least it's leading to something where he's trying, and it seems to be leading to what we're getting now, where he's going to try to figure this out and stuff like that. So at least it, it's leading to something that we're enjoying. But an experiment in Baroxing, Oklahoma, proved Thor's suspicion. While Molnir grows heavy for the king, no one else worthy or no seems to have any trouble lifting the hammer at all. And in that two-parter, you end up even having Thor and Tony Stark Ironman. Like, we can't let this out. We can't let people know that anybody can pick up Molnir. This could be really a lot of trouble. But the new king is struggling and visiting Asgard's former home. Broxton has left Thor nostalgic for easier days. Now, if I'm going to be mad about anything in this issue, it's that Thor, he becomes king, right? He's, you know, all father. He ends up going yeah. off with Galactus. He's not doing anything in Asgard no. at that point. It, the guy has probably been in Asgard on that throne of his two days tops. Yeah. Oh, I want to say it's it's very close to that. He needs a vacation. He already. needs a vacation. He's- now, it does <laughs> seem as if that is the lie to tell Loki. But still, if I'm Loki, I'd say. Really? Like, you, you don't like the bureaucracy going on? You've only dealt with three things. And one of the things ends up being a direct thing that you ended up causing by grabbing these worlds and putting them in Asgard. Where you even have, it's like, oh, these, you know, the immigrant deal and they're wondering what, what's going on and why is this and that and the other thing. Well, that's a problem Thor caused himself by grabbing them and saving them as Galactus was taking the world. So that's a problem you started. You better yeah, be you there. Problem. You better be there to solve it. But the idea that the idea that, <laughs> that he's that like, was this modern is too Thor much. passing issues off to future Thor and saying, yeah, we'll worry about that one later. Now, again, you end up having in the Deadpool, Kelly Thompson's Deadpool book, Deadpool is the king of the monsters the minute that he had to do anything he wants out but that's deadpool you expect that from deadpool (laughs) here you're like thor really and before you realize okay it's kind of a dupe to to lie to loki still i'm like really you are happy it's too much for you now you jerk but you end up with donald blake you get a little intro to donald blake of the original deal where you would have him hit the you know the the I guess Kane, what you would call him, the staff. He hit it on the ground, and that's how him. And and it's very similar to stuff that we dealt with too, with say uh, the what's it called negative zone when you'd have Captain Marvel and Rick Jones going back and forth. Where it would see that would lead to fun. If you remember, the best was when Rick Jones had that big concert. He was going to have at that bar. And he was going to get signed, and then all of a sudden Captain Marvel switched with him, and you're like, oh, well, that didn't work out. But, you know, that whole deal. And the thing about it, though, is with Rick Jones and Captain Marvel, or Marvel at that point, that the switching, they had parameters. You couldn't stay too long. You couldn't do this. And that's where Donny Cates is playing with this, because when Donald Blake switches off and Thor is just Thor going around our world, Donald Blake is in this perfect world. But it's a yeah. perfect world that will drive you insane. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. like Pleasantville or even Truman Show type deal where it's made where everything's great, but everything repeats. And when he comes out, he doesn't remember it because he could be in there for a century. But he won- But the problem is if you're there too long and start figuring things out, and that's Donald Blake's a smart guy. He's a doctor. He even says, I think that it was funny when you end up Donald Blake when Loki's yelling at him. He's, that's a doctor. 
I didn't go to Donald's school. I went to doctor school, <laughs> jerk. But even with that, I like Loki a lot in this, too, because basically yeah, this whole too. deal is Thor needs to switch places again because when he switches places, he goes and he can talk to the ancestors. He can talk to everybody, you know, the whole deal with Asgard and Thor and all that. And he wants to ask them what's going on. Plus, he also gets to just be himself for a little. He can kind of, you know, relax and, and do some things as not Thor. Um, but he needs Loki. He needs Loki to trick Sif. He needs Loki to lie. He needs to have him with Donald Blake. All these things going on. And I, the way I like this, the way it's played, why I like it so much. Number one, Loki's too smart to go for this lie. He realizes also, he's like, I'm not the god of lies anymore. I like telling stories. I mean, my, my thing's a storyteller now. Even at the one bit where Thor is actually telling him the story of Donald Blake, he's like, this is boring. This is a boring story. Like, you ain't good at it, Thor. And Thor, listen, I need, I need a weekend. I need to kind of relax, stretch my legs. I'm going to do this. And he's like, why are you lying to me? I mean, and I love, again, this, the smartness of this is, I may not want to be a liar anymore, but boy, I can pick out a liar and you are an awful one. What's going on? Because he knows he's already picked up the hammer. We've already seen it. So he knows that this hammer can be picked up by anyone and then picks it up and throws it at him. I mean, Loki is not (laughs) dumb. Ends up throwing it at Thor and saying, you know, what's going on? You, You think I didn't know this? I've known this all along, but here we go. And he says, when you swap, with Thor, I know where you're going to go to the elder sleep. You're going to try to figure this out and see if they can figure out why anybody can pick it up. It makes sense. And I like it. Yeah. I like the idea. It isn't just like Thor, it, I'm it, going here, here, and here. I like that he's trying to lie to Loki and Loki knows. Yeah, the, I think the one thing to me is that it, the, his he, he tells him a lie. But to me, the truth isn't that bad you know what i'm saying like i don't see why loki wouldn't help you out with trying to figure that he's he's kind of on the straight and narrow now a little bit i think that the problem is and i think that you're right up until loki reveals that he knows about the hammer i think that's the thing i don't know that thor knows that loki knows and doesn't want to tell him because he's afraid and loki loki's gonna tell everybody this guy he has loose lips he's going off of it yeah. yeah but even so he, slip sink i think that he also maybe is embarrassed at the idea that you know even if you were gonna play with stuff that we're like kind of getting driven nuts by a lot where he was just unworthy and now anybody can pick up the hammer like here he goes it's it's basically on his watch the stuff has Not all gone wrong and so you end up where i think that he doesn't but once loki reveals like yeah i know then, then he's like, okay, this is what's going to happen because Loki knows. And he's like, I need you to have Sip not know. And I need you to watch after, you know, Donald Blake and go with that. So it's it's cool because you end up where usually, and even at the beginning, it was heavy narration. I got worried. And there is narration here, but I like that the story isn't so hinged on that. You get the idea where Thor hits, he switches. When he goes into the elder sleep, the gods, I love the gods in the elder sleep there. It's almost like they're, mm, they're, they're like looking away and it yeah, says, they're like, oh no. I, I love <laughs> that they're like gritting their teeth, like, mm. <laughs> like, it's so funny to me that they say, ooh, the ancient kings, they, they averted their eyes, but they really, really are like, mm-hmm. they don't want to do it. And they realize, Thor realizes something has gone wrong. And that's where you see that that perfect world that Donald Blake was in has turned into a hell and he has and again it is a a limbo 
a you know forced deal of him dealing with over and then it seems like he became aware of how long it was going to take yeah. and how long it was taking. I think up. he I think he thought he hit the end of the road and he just started back at the beginning at one point. He's like, screw this. Because usually <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing that for the most part, the way this was played out, Thor would switch with him at certain points there. So once he comes out, he forgets. They said then he goes back in, it starts over. He ain't restarting. And it's a smart way to say well, yeah, we haven't seen Donald Blake in a while. It's because Thor, you kind of thought we were away from that and stuff like that. But seeing this where even where he's murdering people in this world and writing with their blood, you know, where are you, Thor? Oh, yeah. Away, am I? Because he's been calling he's got out the, the ice Thor. cream truck blown up. It looks like there's kids dead on the yeah, road. Yeah, he's for- just he's killed everyone. And he is, wait, where are you, Thor? Like, what, what are you doing? Where are And he had never answered. They say so. Thor just walking through and then of course you know the big serpent all this stuff like he has destroyed everything in this so now you come out of that like oh my god like what's going to happen this is not a guy who's right in the mind and he isn't and he looks pretty no. much like again going with the idea looks that looks like me right now with the beard and the hair it's, it's as long as I've ever had it in my life little I'm ice on the knee right you now. got the ice on the <laughs> knee the, the thing with this though is this one well, does have the cane <laughs> yeah this should never happen because he should have been pulled out and then reset and he never was for all this time so yeah he's been in a shutdown and he's mad and Loki is like all right well how you doing? Is that you? No. And he's like, well, then. And Loki doesn't know what to do. They're going to start fighting a little. That's where I love it when he's like, well, listen, Donald Blake. And he's like, no, I'm a doctor. But the whole big thing is I'm done. He throws a scalpel at him at one point. He's going to town. I mean, he is, his arm. he's like Jack the Ripper here. He's going oh, at it, Loki. It seems like he practiced on a lot of individuals. Well, it looks like he had he a lot can. of time to practice. <laughs> so he ends up saying, basically, you know, I am not him. I'm not your new king, your new golden bird. And I will never be a refuge to a god again. And says, I am no longer any bit of Thor anything. And he breaks the staff, the cane. And that's the only thing that can switch them back. He And, and just the idea. He's the one that switches them back. I mean, he has to hit that on the ground to switch them. So he just breaks it. It's done. So if this would be the way it would, you know, seriously how you would think it would play out, Thor's stuck. Thor is now in that hell that was created. And that's pretty much, you know, right away the revenge that Donald Blake, Dr. Blake, sorry, is getting. But also you're going to have to figure it out. And you even said yeah, you have Loki, and Loki's going to want his brother back and try to save him. So, but this is pretty exciting. It's something. And where I said the stuff with Galactus that longtime fans could love that because it's so crazy. This I like because now we're doing like Thor things. Like, this is pretty yeah. cool. And even going back to some original issues when Thor first came about uh, that I have read in the journey in the mystery, all that sort of deal. And I've read a bunch of those issues because at one point me and Reggie were reading those and talking about them and things like that. So this is pretty cool. I like how he has done this. I think the art's great. I love Nick Klein's art, and I'm glad he's back here, even though I believe it was Aaron Cooter doing the last two issues. I liked his style for what that was, but I'm glad to be back to the main deal here. And it was set up well, and now we have it. And there was, you know, twists and shocks. So I, I liked it. I'm actually... I told you what my score, I might go up. I think I'm going to go to a 9 out of 10 for this is how much I liked it. Uh, I was going to be an 8.5, but now that we talked about it, 
I actually really do like it. I think that it is a 9 out of 10. What would you give it, Mr. Negative? Yeah, I'll also give it a 9. I, my one you. issue with it, you kind of talked me down from, which was Thor kind of putzing around that lie and the truth he, he was afraid to tell Loki, but... Yeah, I think you're right with the hammer. Like he just he doesn't want everybody to know that, especially his brother who always betrays him that the hammer can be picked he up. He didn't so. realize that he knew. So then once yeah. Loki throws it, then he tells him. So yeah, yeah, yeah that I like a good it. twist. So uh, yeah, there there were enough twists here that that this got me ex- excited to read the Thor book again. And and I've gone, um, you know, I, I feel like I enjoy more of what Donny Cates does than doesn't. But some of his more recent stuff I've been back and forth on. So. I'm glad to be back on board, I guess. If people say. have just tuned in and listened to a little bit, they would think that we're not Donny Cates fans. And we are. We really are. Yeah, and I, I do. Have I, been. His Cosmic Ghost Rider is still one of my favorite books. And that was and one Thanos of the first thing too. that we started reviewing together. And that was pretty much like that kept us going for a bit, like how much yeah. we love that book and, and that whole deal. And I'm telling you, even before the Marvel stuff, his paybacks is one of my favorite stories ever. So I really do like him. It's just didn't like his Guardians. It seemed oh, like yeah, it was either. it I wasn't didn't... focused on being a guardian. Like anyone's but... guardians lately. No, that's why yeah. we're not talking about it this week. But yeah, here we go. But uh, yeah, <laughs> and if I was going to give a book of the week, which maybe we'll start doing that, but my book of the week is this. Obviously, it's Thor number nine. Yeah, so far, I got some more to read, but this is by far like my favorite. That when I read it, and even the first few pages, when I saw the Donald Blake intro, I was not into it. But then by the end. I was I was all aboard and and ready for you know the next issue like right now I, I'm excited to. Read I agree, it. and that's the problem. That's really why we haven't ever given a book of the week because I end up not reading the X books till later. So, but of the things we talked about tonight uh, and on the whole podcast, I really did enjoy this. So I hope that that continues. Seems pretty cool. But thanks everybody for listening. We're gonna go off. It's election night as we review this, and people are. Uh, partying next door and just yelling at people and it is it's a bad <laughs> scene but thanks everybody for listening yeah there. really it seems so thanks everybody for listening again you can go to our twitter at ws marvel comics check out us there we also have a website weird science marvel comics.com and also a patreon that is patreon.com slash weird science and this week on there looks like we're going to be talking about the wolverine black white and blood and also U.S. Agent number one, the Christopher Priest deal. So if you want to listen to that and get a whole lot of other things, go over to the Patreon, sign up any level. You won't get charged until the beginning of December. And if you quit before, then you'll never be charged. So it's a free trial for you to check it out. But thanks, everybody. And we're out of here. See you later. Later.